0: Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio podcasters, and Odyssey as well. Today we're doing Four Pony Boys. Anyone's been paying attention knows we got our old Davey Smith today. A little bad news. We were going to try to do the whole crew, but uh, tops out for today. So, you know, deal, deal with it. I'm going to tell you. I wish he was here, but, you know, he had stuff come up. Uh, we got Reed, Clint as well. I'm um, looking forward to this. Should be a good one. I do want to address my sponsors real quick. If you do want to support me, patreon.com it's just No Way Jose 2020. Uh, my sponsors is CD McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. I have Jeremy, who has an Etsy shop at etsycom shop, slash raising liberty. And Jeremy, or and uh, Mikkel Thorup of the Expat Money Show. Uh, without further ado, let's just fucking get right into it. Let's get reading here. What's up, Reed?
1: Not much, just shitting my brains out. But other than that, <laughs> not much going on.
0: Best lead in. You can't yeah. leave me now. Now that tops here, because then it will just be weird. A four pony boys with. with yeah, three well, dudes,
1: so. that's what you get when you have a sick guy on the show. So <laughs> yeah, well,
0: you got you gotta stick through. All right. Yeah. All right, we got Clint. What's up, man? What's
2: going on, Jess? I'm fucking Thank excited you for, for this.
0: Me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was. I'm super happy about this. I have all my best buddies. Not all. Uh, missing a. Uh, toad and cole but they weren't invited and then top was obviously <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we have dave joining us so, what's up dave
3: what's up fellas
0: I'm, i've been looking forward to this this is uh, this is fun uh, all my
3: all right, why did my all audio my f- just cut out
0: oh you're you're good here we can i can hear you
3: it. can you
1: hear Thanks. us testing Beep,
0: boop, boop. <laughs> wonderful oh time for audio problems <laughs> 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 let's give davey a second let's just uh,
1: use uh Sign language. Oh, now we can't even hear him. Nice.
0: Oh wow! He, no, watch. He probably can hear us, but can't talk now. What just happened? All right. Well, while we wait for Dave to figure out his <laughs> issue, I let uh, I only have one super. So, chat. what's your
1: least favorite thing about Dave, Clint? What do you? What, no,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> his audio issues really bothersome. Not a fan.
0: Uh, wow. Well, this is a this is unique. This is first time I've ever gone Dave silent. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, first top now dave can't make it
0: yeah well all right well i guess all right well well, i gotta take a
1: shit so no i'm just kidding
0: yeah all right (laughs) well uh i guess dave will probably come back in we'll see if we can't fix that um we got we'll bring out the Toad super chat if you're getting tons of attention and the bad guys are all (laughs) coming at you for doing something right lp and h are based Um, great great grammar i love dave and all the pony boys full homo we love uh... you
1: too toad Hundred yeah. percent endorsed on the whole thing, especially the full homo.
0: Well, all right, uh, sweet. That's uh, that's interesting. So, uh, what, do, what do you guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I have Rona, but I haven't tested. So I've just been sitting in my room since Sunday afternoon. Have you gotten it before? I don't know because I've well, I've only tested once, but it was when I wasn't sick, so I could go to something, and I was negative. So I could have had it a few times at this point. I don't know.
0: You <laughs> are one of my favorite people as well, James. All right. Uh, James Gentleman of the retired Blackbird podcast. Uh, all right. Well, this is... Clint, this didn't is- it
1: really mess you up when you... Or did you not have it? Or did you have it? I can't
0: remember.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I Well, I never tested, so I don't know for sure. But I was laid out for three days, bad, bad. Yeah. Um, and then I was pretty much bright as rain like five days in, so... Mm-hmm. No big deal. I got a huge lightning storm right in front of me, so it's gonna be. If my power goes up, <laughs> this will be a real disaster. It'll <laughs> so just, just be Jose by then. <laughs>
0: so, Reed, you, you talked on a you talked on a recent. Uh, you had a what was it at the the at the defend the guard rally? You want to tell the people mm-hmm. about that one because I thought that was that was pretty cool and it was pretty pretty mega base, but also like kind of something that needed to be said.
1: Yeah, well, I read Osama bin Laden's fatwa <laughs> out loud. Because I pulled it up on my phone and I changed a couple words just because I didn't want to get <laughs> like completely canceled. But I got the just after changing a couple words, I got the whole thing across. And I said, you know, basically, hey, we haven't, hey. we keep saying never forget, but we never learn anything. We didn't, we haven't changed any of the things from Osama bin Laden's uh, declaration of war against America in 1998. We still do all all of those same things. We actually occupy more land. And then I said, we did the same thing with Russia, like Russia told us far ahead of time they were going to do something. We kept arming Ukraine and kept uh, pushing NATO closer to their border. And then they have. And now we're on the doorstep of doing that same thing with China over Taiwan. Xi Jinping screamed at Biden on the phone saying, do not play with fire. Well, you have and to scream at still... Biden
3: on the phone so he hears you. <laughs> yeah, That's true. <laughs> you have to go, Joe, Joe. Uh,
0: well that answers our (laughs) question i'm bad sorry
3: yes sorry about that fellas i hear you now had to fucking restart this shit
0: technology's a bitch i don't understand it either
3: so So you're you're talking about uh like the fucking reaction to 9-11 and the anniversary and everything
1: i gave a speech at a defend the guard rally basically saying we haven't changed anything since what got us into 9-11 so the only point in remembering 9-11 or any tragedy or whatever is to try to make it not happen again right but if, yeah <laughs> like if it's never well, forget like okay cool we won't forget but it could
2: you happen know, again you know what's even like doing this
3: to me like what's even crazier than that about like this last year like this or this last you know th- this two days ago fucking this this last anniversary is that it seemed like for years there was almost kind of like an implicit recognition that like yeah some problems were made like 10 years ago there was a famous piece in the um in the new york times that talked about how 9 11 completely changed the relationship between the average person and their government in the united states of america and the patriot act and all this shit and it would almost be like 9 11 became you know they wouldn't exactly admit it but they would just go ah eh, this horrible thing happened to us let's remember all those people but this year particularly it seemed like the message wasn't even at all like oh we didn't learn the mistakes of nine eleven, it was like, what we learned from nine eleven was this is how we have to deal with terrorists. And now we have these other terrorists who are the Trump supporters. So, you know, we gotta deal with them the same way. Like, it was almost like, as if this was like a, a, an overwhelming success, right. what happened in all of these countries. And now we just, if we just could could work up, you know, the political will to apply all of that same pressure that we applied to Iraq and Afghanistan to, Anybody who questions the election results, that's what we got to do. And like I just my last podcast was on this like clips from the head of the uh, Department of Homeland Security and Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris all kind of saying shit like this. And that's to me, that's like almost so much creepier than just not learning the lessons. It's not only not learning the lessons, but they think the lesson is that that should be applied to American citizens.
0: Yeah, that presents a perfect segue for one of the things I want to talk on. Uh, I've been lately covering a lot of like stuff along these lines. I did. I've done a whole giant series on the OKC bombing, which I'm like after digging deep into it. And I and okay. I'm usually I feel like I'm a fair person when I go down conspiracy uh, roads. And I had uh, Richard <laughs> Booth come on with me, who is uh, the Libertarian Institute's uh, OKC guy. So like, mm-hmm. and he's documented the shit out of this. I'm like a hundred percent certain there was a co- cover up, and like ninety sure- percent certain it was a damn. It was an op. Uh, so like that's kind of where I'm at with it now. I can't say with certainty, it was not, but I can say with certainty it was definitely a cover up. I've had uh, the Michigan one of the Michigan guys come on. We've been breaking that down. I had you know Duncan Lemp's girlfriend on. Like I've been I have been pinging like crazy lately. Every one of my spider senses has been like, everything feels like the only thing they're missing to sell what they need is an event. And whether that's natural, whether it's instigated, whether it's full-on done by them, I am fucking like, because right now we're in the spot where it's like, I, I think people are like, what the fuck? Like, this is silly. But if I, an I, event happens, I think, you know, hopefully we're at a point where maybe the, this, the, the energy has shifted and it won't be this 9-11 effect, but I'm kind of worried it will be. So I, I'd kind of like to hear you guys' thoughts
2: on that. Uh, well, I, I theorized this when I was on part of the problem with Dave a week ago. It's like that speech from Biden, as uh over the top as it was it certainly felt as if he was trying to antagonize you know some political dissident to do something crazy and i feel like that's kind of been the trend is that they just continue to push the envelope on the the language the descriptions of of their political enemies and it's just it's just really uh it's escalated to a point that i i really don't think we can come back from in terms of the the language that's being used to describe people and i know a lot of people will say oh but what about Trump and the way he described like Trump described the media like that. He also described, you know, his political opponents like that. But this new trend is just to label basically anybody that didn't vote for Biden as a potential domestic extremist, which leads towards terrorism. I mean, it's it's just it's horrifying,
3: yeah, I don't like know where I mean, you it- guys
1: were on January 6th, But to me, that seemed like plenty of a, a reason to. <laughs> You know arrest everybody that was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But anyways go ahead Dave
3: (laughs) Well, like I mean look like if if Trump had ever there was always something like with Trump too, which whether this is fair or Unfair he always kind of came off like a character like there was this like comedic element to what he was doing and so he was roasting CNN and roasting the Clintons and all of this and you know but if if Donald Trump had ever taken it, whereas like you don't feel the same way with Joe Biden, you don't feel like he's doing that. If he says something, you feel like, okay, this is a politician telling you he means something." Now that may be unfair because I guess Trump was a politician at a certain point when he's the President of the United States of America. But you know, if Trump had ever like started turning around and saying like,, um, you know, hey, the people who uh, are are denying the election results of 2016." Right. And saying, which was just as ridiculous as 2020, you know, like there's no, I, I don't know, maybe less ridiculous, honestly, because at least in 2020, you could say they upended the way we did voting and we're doing vote by mail and we don't know how to track it or something. 2016 was just like Russia did it. It was ridiculous. But if he yeah, had ever started saying like or indicating that like the people denying that ought to be locked up. Like I I I'd, I'd I know I would and I'd like to think like all you guys and our whole movement would have been like, whoa, that's right. And not just saying like Kamala Harris and the other politicians who say that, but you're just saying like regular people like some mom in like the Upper West Side of Manhattan who is like, yeah, I don't think Trump won the election because Russia ch- cheated like that person's like a, an enemy of the state, that that's a whole different level of like, this is, so it's not just Trump like saying shit or even like chanting lock her up at his rallies. The The truth is that there were never any actual moves to lock Hillary Clinton up. And that, there's, a, there's actually reasons why you should, you know, either right. there should be a trial first or whatever, but it all just seemed like kind of like, it seemed like empty rhetoric with him whereas this is much more as clint said much more directed to the people and doesn't feel the same way it doesn't feel like it's just well, for effect so and it we'll, doesn't we'll feel
2: see. this it doesn't feel the same way because it's not i mean they they have been raiding and investigating via right. the fbi tons of people that were like just tertiarily involved with january 6th. like they weren't even many of them weren't even there but because of their social media posts they're now they're now investigating them i mean this is uh just a, it's just a it's an escalation. It's a it's a really serious escalation. And even though I'm not a Republican and none of us are, uh, it's I am. strike. It, well, oh, as yeah, a- that's right. I had are. to register as a Republican today, so I'm a Republican, guys. Sorry, I voted. Okay. It's true. It's okay. that's okay. I'm proud. Uh, you're a statist, and I totally understand. <laughs> um, but but it just it seems quite evident that it's it's not just the Republicans. It's anybody who isn't not even a Democrat, but a Biden supporter specifically. Like it's it's gotten down to that narrow of a of a lane and
3: yeah and like how much you know it's like fucking especially within like the liberty movement. You know, there are these things like we would talk about, like the lockdowns were like a big example of like uh, all of us would say, hey, look, man, like if we're in this like space, like the liberty movement or whatever, if you're not against lockdowns, then like are you really even here with us? Are you really even in the same thing? Because it'd be all these like so-called professed libertarians who would just make excuses or even support it or even go like, well, we don't think the government should do this, but we really do think you should stay home and not go. It's like if you... Like if you're just not against this, then what's, I don't know, then what? are you really in this this same thing that I'm in? And you know, another really good example of that is just like the fact that no one, it seems like, uh, is willing to stand up for the people who committed the crime of entering the building on January 6th, who have like been held in solitary confinement. For like hundreds of days, and in some cases over three hundred days, just held in solitary confinement for like nothing—a completely, you know, as as the Cato Institute would like to say, victimless, nonviolent crimes, right? But uh, what we can't, you know, if it was like um, an, almost any other group that you could imagine they'd be right there, you know, advocating yep. for those people being released. But because it's the one that is gonna get you labeled all of these bad things, because it's the one that's like politically inconvenient to stand up for, they'll just be completely silent on it. And I guess like, I think our camp, like our, our whole thing is that we can't follow those rules. Like you can't follow the rules that like, when it's like, when the powers that be go, no, 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 you can't talk about this one. Okay, we shut up about this one. Like, cause then, then there's well, no point in everything we're doing.
2: Yeah, well, consider this too. I mean, imagine had Trump won re-election and then he decided to have some sort of congressional hearing or the the higher-ups in the Republican side decided to have some congressional hearing to go and investigate the not just the founders of Black Lives Matter and all of the, the violent people that were at those protests, but they started to just have the FBI go knock on anyone who had any social media post yeah. having been at any Black Lives Matter rally throughout the summer of 2020. I I know, even though all of us opposed the violent criminal actions that happened during that summer, none of us would have supported the FBI going after people that were just participating in what they had hoped would be a peaceful protest. And that's basically what we're seeing now with January 6th, where if you were involved at all, you are an enemy of the state. And I just think that that is a... uh, that's something that everyone needs to speak out against. Yes. I was and actually, so
1: I was actually a- at a Black Lives Matter rally in 2020, and I remember this because I didn't really know much about them, and I just kind of went to check it out. Black and, people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And this was, laughs> that's too. I'm from New Hampshire, and you know, 99 white. But um, goes,
3: so you guys eat food just yeah. like us?
1: Can you guys see in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, When I like completely threw that movement aside was when, you know, I I actually was I was kind of like Peter Schiff at Occupy Wall Street asking people, do you know what qualified immunity is? Do you know what civil asset forfeiture is? Do you know that the police departments around the country get like a one hundred billion dollars from the federal government every year? And nobody knew any of this shit. And they're all out there yelling no justice, no peace. And, you know, they don't have an idea of what justice is. But to your point, Clint, like I wasn't there instigating anything or even necessarily supporting their cause. I was actually just there trying to figure out what's going on. And I know people who were the same way at January 6th, they were at the Capitol. They didn't go in, but they were just there seeing what was happening and uh, to demonize all of them with a, you know, a, a broad paintbrush stroke is a huge mistake.
0: The, the wild yeah. thing is though, is that we're seeing this turn inward. And like, we see this as like a distinct, unique thing and it is in its own right. But this, in a lot of ways, even like, you know, like I brought the Michigan stuff, like I'm reading right now, Terror Factory by Trevor Aronson. He goes into how informants have set up all these terrorism plots and and really kind of drives home the point that a lot of it's to justify their budget. They kind of have to create terrorism and they, it's insane some of the stuff they do and it's awful. Um, And like a lot of those same tactics are now being flipped uh, inward and you know, it's kind of funny because I think the ending point I have like 15 minutes left in it, but it seems his ending point in that story he's a bit of a lefty. Is he points out all this awful stuff they're doing to them and he kind of makes the point that like, well, maybe it should be spent on domestic. And I'm like, how the fuck can you do all this and get to this conclusion? But, you know, whatever, uh, you know, and like it, it's it's we're kind of seeing it like I brought with the Michigan thing. A lot of those guys and actually I don't think pretty much none of them did absolutely anything. Only one of them really even flew off the handle like, uh, you know, like mouthed off and did dumb shit. A lot of those guys were just guys that were going to, like, you know, hang out with other guys, go shoot guns. And, you know, when, you know, these feds were bringing up, like, you know, kind of implying stuff, most, like pretty much all the guys were like, no, like, no. And, yeah. And it's oh, yeah. Multiple stuff times. Stuff. Like,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's and, and the creepiest thing about that one, right, with the Michigan uh, Whitmore uh, uh, plot was that it wasn't to justify their own budget. Like that wasn't what that was about, which is almost in some ways, when that's what they're doing, it's a little bit more understandable, but this was specifically to demonize the anti-lockdown pro-Trump American. That yep. was the mission the whole time, very clearly. Like this wasn't, you know what I mean? Like that. there was no other purpose that this would serve. It was that like a harsh lockdown governor, they were saying, well, look at the people <laughs> who oppose lockdowns. Those people are the ones who are like plotting to kill her, kidnap her and kill her whatever and so that's like to me much more creepy than just a a false flag that's like ow and this is why you got to give us another 200 billion dollars or whatever it's like no this is like setting up the next stage of this shit which is to like demonize anybody And, and you see this like the head of the department of homeland security the other day goes like oh well the biggest threat is domestic terrorism and domestic extremism and the way that they uh the the way that they're like uh supported is through the spread of misinformation and you're like oh all right well who does what does he mean by that it's, that's us that's what he means yeah. like the people 100%. right the the people spreading the misinformation like claiming that fauci's wrong about everything over the last two and a half years which he has right. been
0: yeah. And and i would suggest people to look into how and they work with informants with these type of ops the guy in the Michigan one, he's, I think it was something like he was only there for six months, and he made well over six figures, not including a lot of the other uh, things he got. So, you know, well over six figures over a six-month period. Now, ask yourself, some of the people you know, what would they be willing to do for six figures over a six-month period of time? And make and ask yourself, are you really safe? And this is like kind of what this whole informant system has fostered, and there's multiple issues more than just that, but it's, it's, it's just – It's fucking insane the more more you go down this
2: rabbit hole and and where they're going. And what is it really about? It's not about getting these dangerous, uh, you know, potential kidnappers off the streets. It's about making people like us and MAGA and whoever else that's a political dissident that oppose lockdowns, whatever, oppose vaccine mandates. They want us to be afraid to have any sort of communion with our like-minded people. And, you know, I've just decided... I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to continue to talk about this stuff because it's more important than anything. And if, if, if we allow them to chill our speech in this moment, then we stand no chance. I mean, we already have this monolithic narrative that, that makes everything such a narrow Overton window as to what we're allowed to talk about. And, you know, I I think that's also large part of the reason that Alex Jones got, got crucified in court. Um, with that, I don't know if you guys watched any of the uh the actual hearings, but that judge could not have been more biased against him. It was absolutely insane. He couldn't he couldn't even declare his his innocence. He couldn't inform the the courtroom or the jury that he had apologized over 20 times in the preceding four or five years. I mean, it was just the the whole uh you know, deck of cards was stacked against him. And it it seems as if this is what they're trying to do. They're trying not just to go after these nobodies that, you know were militia men that were just basically at a shooting range talking shit they're now trying to get uh everybody afraid to speak out and, yeah, well, and that now, is horrible now,
0: now imagine something like keep in mind the narrative of alex jones come what you just pointed out there now imagine some event happens and all of a sudden we the the media goes into a tailspin like it did especially in the covid you know with all the covid stuff you know you get pulled down if you say this or say that and now you have this precedent of Oh, like, let's say it's some sort of false flag or an instigated thing or some, you know, because it's kind of hard to label it one or the other. If the people immediately are coming out and pointing out this, they're probably going to be the people who are treated just like the COVID people, if not worse, if not trying to imply, you know, some sort of legal action against them, which they've kind of sort of set the precedent with Alex, although it was a civil thing, but
2: still. Same same thing happened with uh, the the war in Ukraine. I mean, the, there was a lot, of, a lot of people that were deplatformed because they were you know, quote unquote, propagating Russian propaganda, which when you're dealing with a a war, there's propaganda on both sides. There's no Mm. doubt about it. But like, I think it's important that we're allowed to have both sides of that propaganda (laughs) and hopefully something in between so that we can come to some sort of rational understanding as to what's actually transpiring. And at this point, it's like 99% of media coverage is just like Russia, aggressor, evil, Ukraine, heroic, you know, fighting for their liberty. And as we all know, it's a little bit more complicated than that.
3: I love how they just repeat unprovoked attack over and over again. Like, that's just what they all say. It it almost, like, just, like, lets you know how guilty they are that (laughs) they have to say unprovoked attack so much. Man, I'll tell you, dude, with the Alex Jones thing, like, it just fucking sucks. Like, and I guess the lesson in all of that is, like, yeah, man, just don't make their job any easier for them then you have to, because he really did, like, with the fuck, he really did fuck up with the whole Sandy Hook thing so bad, dude. And, like, just in a horrible way. Like, in the same sense that we go, and I understand it's not the same as the President of the United States or something like that, but in the same sense where it was like, Alex Jones always had these conspiracy theories. And I know there's a lot of people, in even in our movement, who kind of have this, like, Alex Jones was right again, and he was right about this, and you know i don't know as someone i like i actually know <laughs> alex jones and his history he was wrong about so many things dude and yes, such, so many off the wall wild <laughs> yes. things that he just couldn't back up at all but the thing with alex jones that did change with sandy hook and i should like disclaim that obviously sandy hook wasn't why they moved to take him down it was actually years after the fact and it was more because he had a whole bunch of like armed scary trump supporters that he was speaking to this huge audience of and they didn't like that. But he was like, the, the target of his conspiracies were always like Dick Cheney or the FBI or the, the ATF or like something like that. And then all of a sudden with Sandy Hook, it just got so dark where like the target of his conspiracy was parents who had just lost their five-year-old Like in the most horrible way. And then he was out there for like a year and a half saying that that didn't happen with nothing to back it up and really did. I mean, like, I'm not saying like the lawsuit is right or whatever or the way the judge handled it is right. But really did send his audience to like, I mean, not that he told them to, but he said the thing that led to them all going and like harassing these people and. It's like Jesus Christ, man! Like, well, what a fucking horrible thing to do! And it, it was. he was wrong. And then he turned around and just denied that he ever did it. And like, which is bullshit! Like, the records out there, dude. He was doing it for a year and a half, saying that Sandy Hook never happened and that they were crisis actors and that no kids were were killed. And just goddamn, man! I, I just, I gotta say, dude. Like, the idea that there's somebody whose five year old was murdered. And then you're making that person's life a little harder is so like, God, it's so fucked up. And so I think he really, he fucked his whole thing up with that, man. It was a really bad, like, the, the, to me the lesson of that almost is, is like we know what we're up against. Don't fuck up and make it that much easier for them yeah. to, to really paint you that way where you're not gonna garner any sympathy from people because they're just gonna be like, yeah, fuck that guy. No, that's yeah, a great I, point.
0: I, I don't know all the details of the Alex Jones thing and all of that. I'll take your word for it. But I will say a common thing, and this is the thing that happened with the OKC thing, is they would push back against people were because of the kid aspect. And I'm doing me wrong. I don't know the details of Cindy, of Cindy Hook. I mean, uh, I don't know what he was trying to back it up with. If he had anything whatsoever, it seems like he probably didn't. But, you know, my point being is that is, and maybe this creates the impetus for, like, future things to where they can kind of do that, like, let, oh, the kids, you know. Let me add
2: two Two ounces of defense for Alex. One, his defense, uh, according to the prosecution, uh, which they didn't uh, contest this point, he said that he only had six hours total. Alex does four hours per day, every day, six days a week. He had six hours total in that year and a half span that you're talking about, Dave. So... You know it's yeah but six
3: hours total of what him just talking about it so that could be that could be him mentioning it every fucking episode for you know what i mean like the entire like if you do if you did 10 minutes on it every single night that's it'll take you a long time to get to six hours so i don't don't, know i don't know
2: i don't know if it's if they meant six hours of him actually covering this topic and that was it or if it was just six times like the words and came out because if that Mm -hmm. if that was the case that'd be way way over the top um but i i just wanted to just say what what made me such a fan of alex jones is that he went from being on i think it was over 200 radio stations syndicated in 1999 and in 2001 he came out instantly and hard against the wars in iraq and afghanistan and he lost basically 90% of his audience because of that like there are there yeah. are some things that that earn you my loyalty and that's one of them if you're willing yeah. to just completely Destroy your platform because you actually believe in something. That's really important to me. So that's, yeah, that's I'll the, just that's the
1: main reason I like him. I just add a caveat that right after nine eleven, he was based for a very short period of time, and then he started going like crazy. In my opinion, like even in the nineties, he was a little out there on some stuff, but for the most part, he was you know attacking stuff that we would attack and from a similar angle that we would. But then it seems like sometime in the early two thousands, he jumped on the sensationalization train and just, you know, blow everything up is absolutely ridiculous and discredit any, um, you know, like you can't even, you can't even talk about the Saudis giving aid to Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Madar, which Totally happened, 100% true. You can't even talk about that without people shaking their head at you and being like, "Man, you're just one of those crazy coot conspiracy theorists." It's like, no, that's just true. That did happen, and I feel like Alex like had a lot of cre- credibility in that moment. Like, you actually see on September 12th, he did a stream where he's talking about the reason this happened is because we back Israel, and you know they like to blow stuff up, and you know that's what causes this backlash. And he was basically making Ron Paul's argument. That he made in 2007, but then he just kind of like threw that all away. And, and, just and in July of, of
2: 01 this. he listed bin Laden's name and said that there was going to be a domestic terrorist or domestic terrorist. There was going to be a terrorist attack in America yeah. uh, within months. And, and he nailed that. He also protested outside of the Waco compound within days yeah. of, of that. Totally I mean, agree. Like, I'm he, talking like he oh, actually did really good shit. And that's yeah, why know, like, it, know, kills in, me, yeah. it
3: kills me in the me 2001 the stuff, thing. You know,
2: diminishes it all.
3: Yeah, yeah, in the two thousand and one thing, he also did this like weird cover for Israel, where he said the Palestinians were savages or something like that. Like there was well, like, then a he said kind of Syria and Iran
1: yeah. have nukes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He
3: also right, so, so like, but that's <laughs> the exact point, right? So then yeah. he would say this thing like right, like he'd be like, okay, there were a few good points there, and then he also would tell you with certainty because now reads f- yeah. refreshing my memory because this is a long time ago that Iran already has the nukes. Yeah. You know, and it's just like this was the thing. he was always like he was so sloppy. And like that's like, yeah. I just I don't like um these conspiracy theorists, and there's I won't name any names, but there's several that I'm thinking that probably Say my Reed, name Read those who i'm <laughs> I'm talking about because I've had private conversations with him. like no, not you, Jose. I'm talking about you know real people. Uh, but they um, but no, but I'm saying like there's a lot of the these guys who kind of count. make their names off being conspiracy theorists, and they're like, listen. I'm going to tell you the truth of how things really are. But right. then they're so sloppy with this shit. And it's not it's true that they get some big things right and some th- there's things you could point to about Alex Jones where I go, "Yeah, goddamn, that was so cool that he like called that or got that." But then he would just also be in 2001 just telling his audience like for a fact, Iran already has the nukes. They have the nukes right now and we're going to get nuked because of what we're doing over there. And it's like, I don't know, dude, I just I like, and this is probably part of like why I love fucking like Rothbard and like Mises and, and like all these guys. is I like tight arguments that are like foolproof and really well thought out. I don't like this like all over the place sloppy shit where you take some liberties and kind of like, eh, well, I'll, to make my narrative better, I'll also just throw in three things that I'm completely making up and just kind of make it sound good. And so that's why a lot of those guys I just like, it's not it's just not my style it's not like what i like particularly like but that being said that i mean he did i'll give him you know i I give alex jones credit for a lot of shit i'll give him credit for the fact that even after he supported trump so hard he did really like criticize him when he bombed syria the first time and i I respected that a lot in 2017 i respected that a lot that he did that so you know i think like
1: some of these people who get pulled in like do you know do you know who Adam Fitzgerald is? You ever heard of him or seen him on Twitter or anything? Because he he has like exactly. a document backing every single statement that he makes up. And then whenever he is, you know, guessing on something, he'll always say, "Please understand that this is merely speculation. This is what I think could have happened here." But then, like with his facts, he's backing everything up with. documents Well, I respect that. that. I respect but that just because a lot he's more. He's touching yeah. similar areas. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I dude, to touch right. on that real quick before no, we just move he's on. From touching
1: that. similar areas, he gets done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To touch on the Alex Jones thing real quick, because I think the moral of the story is, I think it's so important to have your logic grounded in like solid logic, and because you know I can sympathize with these guys who you know go f- way down the rabbit hole, because once you start digging into these things, you realize how much of this stuff is legit. Like there is yeah. so much dark shit out there that is like you can be like fine little bit- bits here and there and be like. This is legit. But then you try to tie it into a larger narrative and that's where you can get sloppy. And so it's, and especially, when you know, things like operation mockingbird operation Northwoods, you know, if you start piecing all these things together and you realize what they're capable of. Then you re- it really, it really, it, it is like a, it's almost like Alex Jones could have benefited from having a Shermer as a co-host. And Shermer is like kind of the opposite problem. Well, he will like bend over backwards to logic for the fucking regime and it's, yeah. it's, it gets a little ridiculous sometimes. Like, I get it. You're trying to be skeptical here, but you're getting to retard level uh, of skeptical, um, you know, you need and, Michael
1: Shermer, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there another one, but yeah, yeah I, I that's really why I do sure. think it's super important. Like I even like with my OKC thing and with Richard Booth, every time we do get into speculation and I'll try to present like, Hey, this could be interpreted this way, it could be interpreted that way. Like, you know, take this information, do with it what you will, but it does paint a weird picture. Um, you know, and I think that is important. I think especially when you're going down these conspiracy roads. I mean, I, I can sympathize with you if you do jump over, like jump the gun and go crazy with it. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, well, I, it's like I, you may do more damage than good.
2: I I talk a, quite a bit of conspiracy stuff on my show, but I always, I'm always very clear that I am guessing. Yeah. You know, like I because I don't know. Uh, like I know that the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and them, all of the biggest businesses on, on on the planet basically meet in Davos once a year and they come out of there speaking the exact same rhetoric and i don't think that's coincidental and i think i would i would not be doing my audience a service to pretend as if i don't notice these things it's like they all started saying build back better and great reset within weeks of each yeah, other yeah. and and they all agreed to lock down and that was a completely novel response to a virus like am i crazy to point that out no i don't think so and also when it comes to uh you know the domestic uh you know, violent extremist list that that came out on day one of Biden's presidency. Uh, following up with all of the rhetoric that we've seen over the past year, it's like, okay, I, yeah, I am, I am once again going down a conspiracy theory, uh, you know, rabbit hole a little bit here. But I think we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware that th- it's very probable that this is the reason that they're doing these things. Um, but I, I grant you, like, if you start to talk about, uh, you know, with a hundred percent confidence as to you know, I know exactly what's going on with this. It's like it's the same thing with the uh, you know stock pickers. It's like just put all your money in this. You're like, oh, you're a fraud.
3: Yeah, <laughs> know yeah. Right and I, I so I I agree with that, and I do the same fucking thing. And I think there's a lot. I think it's important to just like uh, differentiate between what we like know and what we're like exactly. kind of speculating. And then when you're speculating, to explain like, okay, well, this is why I'm speculating that. But with the guys who do pretend this like they, to have this certainty, all I'm saying is just like w- what happens with um guys like Alex Jones is that the the people who hate him will point to all the shit he got wrong throughout all the years and be like look at this guy and then the people who love him will point to all the shit he got right but the the only fair response is like well if you get credit for the shit you got right then you also have to take blame for the shit you got wrong you know Absolutely. what i mean or the shit that you mm-hmm. like can't prove at all so it's like okay if he gets credit for saying that like okay there's like blowback is going to come or something like this or if he gets credit for saying that like you know our relationship with israel has really provoked a lot of these muslim countries to hate us okay but then he also has to take the blame for saying in two thousand one that we know Iran has the nukes, or he also has to take the blame for particularly for the Sandy Hook thing, and he also has. To, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, the, it's just you can't kind of have one without the other if you want to be fair about this shit. Yeah, and that's I a, you, know, agree with you that's, by the way.
1: And like, I mean, that's why Scott Horton is so great because everything he says he knows in and out, like you don't doubt, you never doubt anything that he's saying up there because you know, he knows it.
3: That's right. And and, well, Scott's also like a great example. Like there's a lot of guys, um, you know, there's some guys who are really, really good, like really smart and really well-researched, you know? So these are guys who like, if you bring them on your show, they're going to know like a thousand things about a topic that you're just like, fuck, I don't know as much as this guy knows about it but when you do that you almost got to be really sure you can trust them that they're not taking any liberties with this shit and kind of like you know what i mean like so and that's that's why scott's the best because you like not only does he know all of the shit but you can really trust him that he's not like taking any liberties and he will tell you like the thing clint was saying that he'll go like now we don't know this for sure but here's right. the reason why that th- we could suspect this but this we know for sure and a lot of those other guys it's almost like it's like anything else it's like they have kind of like a superpower and then it's very tempting to abuse that and to just go like okay well we don't exactly know this for sure but this guy doesn't know that we don't know this for sure so I'm just gonna tell you we do and so that's always like like I, I don't like that quality in people. So I try to kind of like – I try. that's why I'll, I'll have Scott on. He's my conspiracy guy for my show. Like that's, <laughs> that was that's as my far whole, as I'll go. That
0: was my whole point of the logic thing too because like – I mean I'm not saying these people are frauds at all. Some of these people – I mean if they're it's, – it's hard to attribute that they're doing it like disingenuously. I think a lot of these people do. They get – they once they learn so much and start connecting dots in their head and don't have it seated in a proper logic system – it, it just completely fucks them and they start convincing themselves they're one thing or other. Yeah, I'm sure there are frauds out there, but it is, I mean, I, I'm sure there are probably, you know, feds out there that are, that are you know, doing some sort of op. I don't know. But, you know, I, I can sympathize. And I do think to some extent, they you probably could maybe even attribute some benefits. They're kind of pushing pushing the Overton window in certain regards, but it is, it is a crap shot. I, I am torn when it comes to those. And I sympathize because, you know, once you're going down these roads and you realize all the crazy shit there is it is really hard to not to keep yourself sane and not jump into one thing or the other I want to address some super chats before we get moving I got uh, a, a libertarian podcast for Tyler Yankee he was just uh, said Dave on recently he said just because thanks bud uh, I got uh, outlawed thoughts two bucks spent 911 watching war by deception and then I have Sean van Bevert hoot uh, Jose your deep dive series are on point you deserve more followers yes I do uh, please settle for some of my cash, Dave, Clint, Reed. You guys all rock. I, I endorse all of that. Nice. Uh, all right. The, we'll and for
2: anyone watching right now, after you're done watching this, go watch the OKC series that that uh, Jose did with Richard Booth. Really, really incredible. Like, genuinely. Yeah,
0: worth. I, I, and I, I, I try not to take credit for that because that's all Richard Booth. I completely locked up, and he is absolutely. He is the guy. I think if any of you out there is interested in this, get him on your show because. He, he breaks it down so well. And so honestly, he's basically kind of like a, these. I call him the Scott Horton of OKC. I call him that all the time. Uh, Cause he, I just like, Hey, this thing. And he just goes and all of it backed up by sources. He's a lot like Adam Fitzgerald in that way. But uh, yeah, no, I, I can't, I cannot, uh, you know, bring up his name enough. He, he really is. It's is something we've done like 10 hours on it and it's, it's insane how deep the rabbit hole goes and all stuff backed up by sources. But anyways, um, recently, Dave, you were on Clint show uh, and you guys uh, kind of got to the topic of, you know, fatherhood and stuff like that. And um, I, I'd had you on a while back and we covered a similar type topic. It was like more centered around like masculinity and what it is to be a man. And I remember I'd kind of considered uh, bringing that topic up, but I figured it was kind of like, we didn't really have a rapport like that, uh, you know, and you and Jeff Clint did. So I think it worked well there. Uh, and I really thought it was like great. That was the highlight of that episode, in my opinion. And I do think there's something to as men, the the male figures you have in your life, because like so, I kind of wanted to hear from like all of you, kind of like what you've taken from that. Because for me, like especially me, uh, D- Dave, Clint, uh, we've all come from broken homes. Reads a little bit different, uh. You know, like I've I've basically had three father figures in my life. You know, and all of them, you kind of mix bag. My dad was, a, you know, good guy. Uh, kind of like, you know, but doing the whole weekend dad thing because him and my mom broke up. You kind of lose touch sort of over time, so I don't I'll blame him for that at all. So okay, he's going to poop. Um, and then I had the the next one was my my uh, my sister's dad who was abusive and like I had to deal with that from a young age. Like you know, put her in the hospital once or twice. Um, so that was something. So it was like, and then uh, you know after that I had my stepdad who was like you know he was a smart strong like physically and mentally man and he was like you know kind of biting humor and like so I, I kind of like he kind of ended up in a lot of ways being that ideal male male role model for me but then I have my dad who like you know in some regards I think the, you know the I mean it's kind of hard because I was a little kid but I do kind of look back and I'm like why didn't you kind of do more to take me out of the situation and so like I guess in a lot of ways I'm kind of like he was a nice guy I like my dad I love my dad he's great but it's like I don't know. There's something that I feel like I've learned from each one. Like I learned from my, you know, my 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 second figure, the one who beat my mom, who I don't want to be, because he was a big, powerful man. Like he was a guy who you know wrestled all through high school, the big guy in the block, and like I do feel like it's probably you know kind of where I learned. Like I want to have power, but I don't want to use it like that. And yeah. like I, I learned some valuable lessons there. Well, you my you dad, learned the right lesson.
2: That's yeah, good.
0: and and then for my dad, like uh, he was a good guy, but I you know he's kind of like he didn't really. He wasn't, you know, in that way. And then I know I do think there's something to be taken from father figures, and it is an interesting <clears throat> no point, doubt. you know, because uh, and, and I'm interested for you, Dave, because you you didn't really, I don't think you really ever. I mean, maybe there was someone in your life that ended up being a male, like a positive male role model for your young age, or were you just really kind of bootstrapping it and just kind of pulling it together yourself? It, it, I think that's an interesting topic, really.
3: Um- yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is an interesting topic. I really didn't in my early childhood. I really didn't have any positive male uh, role models, and I think that that uh, was some. It was very painful for me, and I think it was something I was always searching for. Like you know what I mean. Like that so it really was something like I I knew I was lacking. In uh in high school, I had two that were uh my my varsity basketball coach. Uh, I was gonna guess that's, that's Yeah,
2: normally where it comes from. Yeah,
3: that and and uh, this coach McMahon was like one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met in my life. He was just incredible, and it was like uh, it was really like it, it. He really changed my life, uh, and he was. Um, it just. An unbelievable, like, kind of like motivational figure. And he was like one of those guys who would almost give you, like, the, it, you know, but this is like before, like, uh, I mean, the internet existed, but it was before there was like YouTube or anything. There weren't like figures like Jordan Peterson or something like right. that out there. It was like he was like the person who, like, gave me kind of this, uh, this mentality that, like, you're like, quit bitching and figure out what you need to do to get yourself in the place that you want to be. And I just loved it. I just loved like getting that. It was the first time in my life I had ever really had someone like that. I remember he's like all these like dumb sayings he used to yell at us, but like that just was really exactly what I need. Like you know, uh, uh, quitters don't. Uh, quitters don't win and winners don't quit and like stuff like this shit. Um, But really pushed me to like work harder than I'd ever worked at anything and kind of like really aspire to be better. And so I I give him a lot of credit. Uh, I had one teacher in high school, uh, Mr. Trano, who really kind of like took me under his wing, even though he was fucking pissed off at me because I was failing his class. And he knew I I was smart, but I was just like never fucking – working and anything he grabbed me by the fucking neck one time and put me up against the wall because i fucking didn't turn a paper in on time but like Jesus. it was kind of like the type of shit i needed you know it's not like i was like 17 at the time i kind of i was like all right it's fine <laughs> i probably could have like i could have beat him up already at the time but i was kind of like all right i didn't see what you're doing he'd be um, in prison if he did that t- these days <laughs> yeah probably um he probably if he could have just tried to convince me to be a chick or something he'd be fine now but uh but back then that was all you could do that was all uh but um, but that he was another guy. He was like this tough Italian dude. who was very like hard nosed. But I kind of needed a little bit of that in my life. So there was that. And then um, you know, later in life, I gotta say, I mean, I think in in a lot of ways, like all the uh, all the libertarian heroes kind of like filled that role for me. Like I, yeah. there there definitely was something I'm sure you know that I don't know psychoanalyze myself, but I'm sure there was really something about Ron Paul that I thought was like. Really was inspiring to me that it was like hey, here's this guy who doesn't need to do this You know, it's like an older guy who's a doctor and has his family already and doesn't really need to be on a stage Getting booed and kind of risking a lot just to tell the truth to everybody and that there's something like there I mean, I think there's definitely something to that that I was like that is so goddamn compelling that like I want to spend my life doing what that guy did and uh, so You know i I think about this more and more you know um as i'm sure you do jose like for guys like us who kind of didn't have this kind of like stable present father figure and we have kids now and when you when you see the role that a father plays in your kids lives you kind of realize more and more what it would be for them to not have that and you're like oh okay now i get it yeah i really get like how much that's that's just not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, they, I guess th- so. those would be some examples for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Cause I think the main thing I got from my dad, my actual biological dad is kind of that. Uh, and cause like I said, he's a nice guy and I have nothing against him. And, you know, I don't know like, the specific circumstance of him and my mother's divorce, but like, you know, he was all, he's always been a good guy, but I-, I just know the effect a broken relationship has on it. And for me, like I've been married over uh, 10 years and you know, uh, you know, I've got to see my kids grow up. And uh, like, for me, that was, I guess, in a certain way, because I kind of feel bad for my dad in that way. Because it's like, I I see my kids now. And it's like, I can't imagine not having like, you know, like a close relationship with my kids, or like to be there in their lives constantly on a day to day basis. And that's probably been the biggest thing. Anytime I've had issues in my marriage is like, you know, come hell or high water, we're gonna make this work. I know, maybe when they're 18, we can talk if it gets really rough, but I'm gonna fucking be here, you know? No, I
3: know. No, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean by that. Like, dude, I fucking go on like, you know, like, I'll be on the road, I'll be on the road for like two days or something like that. And it's like hard. Like, I miss not being with my wife and kids for those two days. And there is something about that, that is a very I think in in a way it's kind of like a generational thing like there's something about kind of like the the baby boomer generation almost like normalized regular divorce like not to say that like in in extreme situations there isn't divorce but just like kind of like regular no fault just uh eh, it didn't work out and you know we, we grew up in this generation where I think maybe like I don't know for you guys but like for me like Maybe at least half the kids I knew had divorced parents. Like that was at just kind of part part of life. And to to me, like for for me and my wife, it was very clear. Like right away when we had our, our our first, that it we were both like, okay, well, like this is there's no option of not being together for the rest of our lives. So. Whatever problem there is, okay, let's figure out how to solve that if there is one. And of course, in all marriages, there are problems. But like, it's just like, well, let's just take one issue, like one, one option off the table, which is ever like not being together. That's not an option. So what else are we going to do? And we're both very much on that page. And it's kind of crazy in a way to think. And, and of course, like to your point, Jose, like the reason is because how the fuck, like, how do we have the right to do that? To our kids, like we just don't have the right to do that. You can't do that to them. You can't no. not have their parents together. And we all know what that was. Like you know, my wife's parents were divorced. My my parents were divorced. Like we kind of know what that is growing up. And so it's like, well, no, that's just not an option. We will work out whatever else needs to be worked out. Now, okay, I'm sure that I have a very good marriage, and I'm married to a really great woman, and I'm very good to her also. So, okay, that's I'm not saying that applies to every situation. But in general, I do kind of feel like that should be the rule rather than the exception. Like that you – that should be the attitude. Like if you get married and have kids, i like, yeah, you kind of have a responsibility to not make these kids' lives way more difficult by not growing up secure in the fact that their parents like love each other and are with each other. Yeah. And get to see every, them both every day.
2: Yeah. Almost everybody I know, uh, you know, all of my best friends basically, all of their parents were divorced. So – it very very common, and uh, I think on the upside, you know, comedians oftentimes talk about this. It's like you have to have a rough childhood to be funny. So I found all the funny people, and they happened to all come from broken homes. It was like, well, that yeah. that makes sense. Um, and I came from a multi-time broken home. My my mom and my dad uh, got divorced when I was two, and uh, my mom got remarried when I was five, and then she got divorced again when I was thirteen or fourteen. So, uh, Reed, go ahead and mute that, bud. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Reed, are we in back. the bathroom with you? No, no, no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so my 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 biological dad, uh, very good role model when it came to work ethic. Um, he was extraordinarily driven, to the detriment of everything else in his life. So that was both good and bad. I, I didn't get really anything else from him besides that. At, at least early on, uh, I then went and I worked for him for a couple of years after I graduated college and. And uh, he and I still have a good working relationship, but it's it's not it's never, you know, traverse that gap to get to a point of, you know, really close, loving father son type dynamics the way I have with my stepdad. My stepdad, Charlie, he uh, he as I said, my mom married him when we were I was five or six and uh, and they divorced when I was 13, 14. I still call him dad. He's the one that I I teared up when I had Dave on my show because I was talking about him because he had just had a heart attack uh a couple months prior and i guess i hadn't processed that fully so um but he he was just he was a, a new york new york guy uh you know italian very profane very funny uh kind of a womanizer uh just like basically my personality <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> he, he just he just transferred it into me and and he also uh had a had a deep love for sports which really uh got Got imbued into my spirit too. And then, um, so I'm very, I'm very grateful. You know, I, I've had really good male influences, no abuse, no drug addiction. Um, I'm very fortunate in that regard. And the fact that I have two as opposed to one, even though they both have their own pitfalls uh, com- combined between the two, I feel like I have a really well rounded uh, male role model. And then, weirdly enough, I, I would say because Kobe Bryant uh, got drafted by the Lakers when I was a freshman and I was a basketball. Lover to the highest level, um, he really inspired kind of my my work ethic and my my killer instinct in, in a really profound way that doesn't make a lot of sense to most people. But like the the whole mamba mentality thing, I was just like I I, I spent from literally sunrise to sundown the entire summer between my freshman and sophomore year uh, just shooting by myself, just trying to become a like I was like I'm going to be a professional basketball player and. <laughs> Ultimately, I was six one and not that fast, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cards. But man, the, those that type of like drive to just see that, and, and I'm sure that you can get that from a female role model as well. Um, but for the most part, that's usually going to come from a man because the woman is usually in charge of child rearing. So you're you're normally going to have that from the the male role models in your life. And I think those three were probably the ones that that formulated my personality the most. And, and what I hope is that. You know, because so many of people from my generation were, you know, emotionally scarred and some of us broken uh, because of the divorces that our parents uh, put us through, uh, I think that many of the people from my generation are now redoubling their dedication towards a lifelong commitment when it comes to marriage and child rearing, and I think that that we need it desperately. So I'm I'm glad to see that.
0: Hey, Clint, uh, how mad at you, were you at Ari about his Kobe tweet?
2: <laughs> it it hurt. It, I'm not gonna lie, it hurt. Uh but I th- I still laugh. I mean I like I like I love I love dark humor, so it's fine. Yeah, but uh yeah. if I saw Ari I would definitely be like, dude, that was wrong. That was Because uh,
3: believe it or not, he's heard that from a few people. So you won't imagine. be you wouldn't be the first.
0: I would imagine. Dude, I even thought Malice's Ron Paul thing was pretty hilarious, and I love Ron oh, Paul. Oh, that, well. that one hurt me even more yeah. than the,
2: the
3: Kobe well, one. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have made it, but also, he wasn't fucking, I don't know, whatever. Right, I shouldn't even get into this, but he wasn't, it wasn't really a Ron Paul joke. It was a fucking Joe Biden, like he said, Ron Paul was doing his Joe Biden impression. It was really a yeah, slam yeah, on yeah, fucking yeah. Biden, That's not Ron true. Paul.
2: Yeah. It was just so soon. It was like within hours of the yeah. It's just on we're all Irish
3: sensitive to that guy. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect timing, in my
0: opinion. I love Rob, but I was still like, all right, that's fucking funny. <laughs> you know, I gotta respect it. It is what it is. Uh, I want to touch on it real quick. You brought up how kind of Ron became a father figure to uh, to you, and, and like, I do think. uh I mean, maybe it was something to do with me, like going off to join the military at an early year age, and I feel like. There might be something to this traditional uh, picture we have of how kids are supposed to be out of the fucking house at 18 that I think might be detrimental. Maybe out of the house is fine, but I think you know, maybe local area. I think me leaving my family so soon may have played into, and it, you know not to sound creepy, but in a weird kind of way. I, I wouldn't say father figure, but you kind of filled that role as well for me, Dave, in some aspects. Because I kind of stumbled on you in the like mid-20s to early 20s. Because I think like that was kind of like when I was, you know, you're young, you're starting to figure things out. Uh, I do think that played a role for me, you know. It, personally, I definitely, you definitely have changed my life in a lot of ways, for sure. Um, but yeah, um, you know. Anyways, Reed, you haven't got a chance. Uh, you're the boring guy that has had his dad here his whole life and yeah life. <laughs> life so, uh, yeah. how's that being in a normal, normal, uh, normal family?
1: <laughs> yeah, my dad's great, and uh, I think what the most interesting, uh, the most interesting way I relate to him these days is he's going through a lot of changes that I've gone through over the last 10 years, but he's doing them from 50 to 60 instead of like from 20 to 30. So he was like a a hardcore evangelical Christian conservative. And I was too in high school. And then uh, not just with politics, but also with religion. Like he's really had a falling out. He's I mean, he he was a deacon at the church when I grew up. And now we have conversations where he tells me stuff like, I don't even know what I believe about this anymore. But like growing up, he, you know, he was very stern about what was allowed in the house, but he was always willing to talk about any questions I had about anything and not, you know, cast me aside as someone who's questioning things that are unquestionable and shouldn't be allowed to do that. Even though the institutions that I went to were very much that way, you weren't allowed to ask any questions, he would always muse over anything. Um, And... You know, that's kind of the attitude I have nowadays with anybody is willing. I'm willing to listen to anybody and hear anybody's argument for anything, because I feel like if you actually believe what you believe, then you'll have a place to stand and you'll actually be able to criticize those person's beliefs instead of trying to block things that are scary and not touch subjects that, you know, might get you in trouble or something. And I kind of learned that from my dad, the way he was with me growing up. Uh, when i had lots of these questions and um you know i wouldn't have ended up where i am if i hadn't asked questions and he wouldn't have ended up where he is so um yeah i guess that's the biggest takeaway i have
0: all right let's address a couple more super chats someone wants to know if you would have uh, alex jones on the show i'm gonna go with probably no but i don't know
1: <laughs> oh come on you'd have him on wouldn't you dave why
3: not uh, uh yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't know it's hard to answer that question like off this but i have to think about it i guess
0: yeah. I don't know. People ask me, I mean, not my that I'm big as yes. you, but like people ask me questions like, would you have this person that, person? Also, obviously Alex Jones, if you came to me, yes. In a second, just cause you know, it'd be do wonders for my channel, but I honestly don't really have anything to say to him. I don't really like, uh, I mean, I call so me crazy. I with. do him wrong. I I like him in certain ways. We kind of talked about him, but for me, it really is just like a natural organic thing of what do I want to talk about? And then I find the person I want to talk about with. And mm. right. like, for me, like people ask me this all the time. You should have so-and-so on or have so-and-so on. And it's like, I, that's I me know. with
1: uh Dave Rubin. I've had his yeah. like contact for over a year, and I've just been like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk to him about, so I just <laughs> haven't had him on. But
2: yeah, I guess that, Alex question.
1: Jones has a lot he could talk to you about. That's that's a little oh, I would have Dave Alex was. on in a heartbeat. Don't get me yeah. wrong, I totally would.
0: Scott was on Kim Iverson's show today. It was great. The... Go check
1: it out. Oh, uh, was, was it awesome? I didn't,
3: I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: It's only like 26 yeah. minutes long or something. So
3: that's enough for Scott to get out of sentence.
0: <laughs> how great was the greatest generation really if they raised the worst generation boomers
3: <laughs> you know that's yeah, a really fair was. point by the way <laughs> i has a really that's actually a really really great fucking uh question there Ofer. i think um, i think there's something but there's, to be
2: said for the the emotional detachment that came with like the greatest and the and the well, silent generation maybe
3: and I will say that um, you know it's it's funny because a, a lot like I'm a big believer in uh, peaceful parenting, and I get like uh, pushback sometimes when I when I talk about that stuff. Yeah, that's one way he, you
0: changed my life real quick. I don't mean to cut you off, but because that you oh, were probably one of the biggest things that made me because I did used to do like spank my kids and stuff because that's how I was raised. But you definitely. Oh, by the me. way, I
1: was spanked so much.
0: Like I know this is a hot
1: topic yeah. in libertarian circles. You guys want to turn
3: out like Reed? Oh my yeah. god! Or you want to be, or you want to be a normal?
1: How did that yeah. make you feel, Reed? I don't, dude. I probably got spanked the most out of all the kids too. Like it was from. But you probably when deserved was, it though. I did. Trust me, I was bad. Okay. Uh, and look
3: at him now. Look at the tweets he's sending from New Hampshire. Where's After your dad got now? Spanked. Yeah, After
1: got spanked that was like an that. interesting conversation with my dad talking about that whole thing because uh, he obviously doesn't know about it. So I was explaining it all to him, and it's just like, hmm. <laughs> that was one of the strangest phone calls I've ever had. But yeah, I got spanked a lot um and i don't know like i i haven't honestly thought about it much until seeing everyone talk about it in libertarian
2: circles but i think i'm a better person because i got
1: spanked honestly like i I was i got i I got one
2: one time and it was because i stole the uh the chocolate bars that the band in middle school was selling and i stole them not to eat them but to sell them myself for, for half of the cost and then pocket it, I was a real piece of shit. So, uh, so Charlie. That's where you got your <laughs>
1: capitalist tendencies from, though. You know, that is pretty goddamn,
0: goddamn entrepreneurial.
1: I love you. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, I no, mean, that's the was... red market. Well, but we frown upon that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if I could just say, just the point I'm making toward this shit, right, is that it's like I'll get a lot of people. One of the major pushbacks you get off of the, the peaceful parenting argument. Is they'll be like, well, I don't know, Dave. I mean, I see all these punk kids today and they deserve to be hit, you know, like, oh, I wish someone had hit them and then maybe they wouldn't order. be the way they are now. But <laughs> if you're talking about the way the I greatest generation, like, w- w- like handed off to the baby boomers and how we kind of gotten this whole mess, I-, I would say that I think one of the, you know, whatever was good about the greatest generation and there were some things that were good about them. Uh. Man, were they fucking like just? It was just completely acceptable to like beat your kids and like I don't even mean spank your kids. I mean like with objects, with belts, with like that. That was just considered. Go go talk to people who were raised by the greatest generation and see to how many of them like just getting a belting was normal, you know? And how much? And so I I would say that I think that was a a major failure on their part. Like there, no question about it. I mean, look, I think that if like for people who want to say like, and again, we're speaking in generalities. There's lots of exceptions to this, but if people want to say that like the Boomer generation is filled with like all of these people who, you know, are kind of fucked up and like don't care about the next generation and did all this fucked up shit, it's like okay. But in the same sense that I'd go like. You know, and then those boomers will be like, well, look at these millennials in Generation you know, Z, and these guys are so horrible. And you're like, yeah, but didn't you raise them? Right. I mean, like, could I ever, like, if my kids grow up one day and I go, these kids are so awful, would I not feel like, all right, but you, you're kind of responsible for them, right? Like, to some degree. And so, yeah, I think it's a completely reasonable thing to say that, like, the greatest generation produced the boomer generation. There's, that, there's a large failure there. On on some level at least, my
2: my stepdad Charlie, he was uh, in Catholic school in New York, and he said he would get beat to shit by the nuns. Yeah, yeah, like it's just unbelievable. And and he fell
3: away. The nuns
2: are the most brutal yeah, yeah no my my beating, mother-in-law
3: <laughs> my mother-in-law tells stories about that the nuns just beating them like it's just horrible <laughs> stories like today and that and again it's like if you you know when you think about it when you got little kids it just gives you a different perspective on like you know they're talking about kids like my kids age you know getting like beat yeah, with crazy, a ruler yeah. and stuff at school i mean come on man like this is, have you guys seen, like, seen that <laughs> have you guys seen that bumper sticker it's uh
1: what Ahmed wasn't expecting for virgins when he got to heaven. And it's all these nuns with shotguns. That's like one of the best. (laughs) Top Lobster, Uh, four of my favorite
0: uh, degenerates talking about role models. You should have been here. Uh, But okay, uh, definitely guys go check out toplobser.com. He's got all pretty much all of our art there. Uh, Top's got
3: time to pay $5 and leave a comment, but doesn't have time to talk (laughs) with his boys. It is funny though, right? Like I'll tell you, there's something about that that I always love. And like, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe it says something about my brain or our brains or something like that. But there was always, I I remember, I know I mentioned this before, but like when Ayn Rand was describing the Rothbardians and she described them as a hippies of the right. And that was like supposed to be a big insult to her. But to me, I was always like, that sounds fucking awesome. Like, that's exactly what I am. Like a hip, a right wing hippie. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like there's something like ron paul being like the country doctor most conservative person ever who's like anti-war and thinks heroin should be legal and i was just like i love that you know like i i don't know whatever it is like this kind of like this thing that's like just wrecking the dichotomy i i love that and there is something kind of cool about like i don't know It's like, like Jose, like you for as much what your persona is or whatever, like, and what my persona is on Legion of Skanks and shit like that for us to be the guys who like, no, want to sit down and talk about like, oh, it's really important to be like a good father. And like, who is your, who are your role models? I don't know. I just, whatever that is. I just, I like that. I like kind of like that we, uh, we exist in this weird world where we're like, yeah, I guess this is kind of a contradiction, but in some ways I don't think it is. And, uh, I don't know. You hear if that's, you want. That's it's cool not in my covenant me. community. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, rape joke followed by a peaceful parenting lecture. This is what we do. Yes. Literally. Right. That's why like, Louis J. Gomez is my best friend. Yeah. Like that's a like, that. walking contradiction, you know?
0: <laughs> Say what you um, want about Alex Jones being introducing me to Ron Paul, which turned me into a libertarian. I think that happened to a lot of people. There you go. That's yep.
3: yeah, so, I can't argue with that. Reads my, reads mom. my mom. That makes sense. <laughs> That's uh, are like dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: see, I think that's all we got right now. All right, uh, next one. This is a hot one. Everyone wants to talk about this, but I think I might take a an different angle than a lot of people want to. The LPNH thing. All right, the whole Megan McCain thing. I, the what I want to talk about is I think it's very interesting. I put out a tweet and it was like I can't. I'm not about the exact wording, but it was like the Venn diagram of people that were outraged about this and the people who are sucking off the queen. Is, uh, is damn near a circle. And I think, and don't get me wrong, I get it if you don't like the the McCain tweet. I get it. But to then also on the flip side, then be like when the queen dies to be like, oh my God, she's so glorious. I'm specifically talking about our people. And it's kind of the point of like, do you really hate the state? Like, <laughs> like, do you really? Like, I get it, like, you know, centrist or whatever. You know, that, that that's a different story. But for our people, I found it very... Uh, quite eye-opening. Some of the people who were, you know, on one hand outraged about that, on the other hand, you know, bloviating about the queen and how great she was. Which, say what you want about the queen and her family, my my opinion is there was a fucking. She had a closet full of skeletons. If you start digging into it, I mean, most people in America don't know a ton about her. I don't even know a ton about her. I know enough to not like her. I Know uh, more
1: about her son than anything. Yeah, but, wait, hold I mean, on, but I'm person. not like.
3: If I guess, I'm not exactly understanding your point. So you're saying there's on one hand they were, that would almost seem consistent to me. On one hand, they didn't like you denigrating, you know, the the John McCain's funeral and Meg McCain true. crying. And on the other hand, they also were praising the Queen. So I, I'm just not following exactly. Like, well, what's my point? specific
0: point is people in our camp, the ones who tend to do, who are, you know, the whole anti-state. He misphrased it. He meant to yeah. say
1: on one hand, you say you hate the state, but on the other hand, you cry when these people die i think is what he meant yeah. to say he kind of misphrased
0: yeah it. That, that's kind of mm. my point and I, I know there are people who did it you know outside of our circles and that's a different question i'm more speaking about people in our circles i'm not going to name names i could but it, i found it to be quite uh quite something to see the people who were going on about that at the same time were outraged about the other thing it's like i get it you know being like hey, that was bad tech honestly i'm of the opinion anyone who's really outraged about it I, I find that to be silly i get not liking it but to be like, how dare you? I think these are people worthy of derision. Now, whether you think it should be something from an official account or messaging, if it's a, if it works well, different story. Uh, but, you know, so far as... You but know,
3: really, that's the whole story. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I don't know. I just feel like this is being a little bit set up in a way to like dunk on a point like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think libertarians should be like fucking like, I don't know, whatever, like celebrating when John McCain dies or when the queen dies or something like that. I don't really give a shit about the queen as much. That's like almost a little bit different. She's like, a pre- she was a pretend queen. I don't know. It's a little, Um, but the, I think the question is really more do people go like, is that what should be tweeted from an official account? And I will look like, I don't know. I feel a little bit weird. Like if we want to really get into this, we can get into this. But I, I think that, um, I've always like uh, tried to um, keep my critiques of New Hampshire and their their Twitter account behind closed doors because I'm like I don't really want to like like if I have an issue with them then okay I'm I'm not gonna like pile on publicly I'll go in private channels and like kind of be like hey guys listen this is what I think and because I think that's like more the appropriate way to handle it but I do feel like particularly in the last few weeks with a lot of people who I think are really being unfairly piled on for their responses uh, to, to that tweet and a few other ones as well. And then Again, with just yesterday, where that uh, Justin guy, who I guess is somewhat high up in New Hampshire, now making it public and not only you know going after Michael malice and and, and Michael Heiss and Angela McCardle and myself I guess, and like completely misrepresenting what actually happened in response to that, I almost feel like I'm kind of pushed to like say something publicly about it um, which is not a, really what I wanted to do to begin with but yeah, dude, like none of that is really the argument. I know me and Reed have talked about this like uh, privately, but no, I, 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 I don't know, it's completely reasonable to go, yeah, I'm not gonna worship the queen after she dies, obviously, like that's not what I'm gonna do. But I also think this is kind of like, obviously just awful messaging and really idiotic to be coming from a blue check official political party account that this is not the way to message radically the way we want to, and that the fact that even if we may wanna have like really radical messaging, but at the same time, what's the goal here? Like, I don't know what the goal for everyone else is here, but the goal for me of using the Libertarian Party was to create a giant movement. And I think we have the potential here right now, not because we're better than Ron Paul, just because the circumstances are much better for us than when he was running, to create a movement, magnitudes of order, bigger than what Ron Paul created, and to get way more people believing in libertarianism. And then if we get to a point where we have like 10, 20 million people who are like on board, real radical, liberty-loving people, we can really pursue some strategies that can be interesting. And if that's the goal, then something that's going to like, kind of turn off almost everyone except the tower power gang <laughs> like you know what i mean like is probably not smart messaging and just comes off like wrong so that i think is a completely reasonable take and i got to tell you i've been really there's there's very few times in the last 10 15 years where i've really felt like what would i would i would consider my camp of libertarians were making arguments where I was like, "That's just flat out the wrong argument. Like this just doesn't make sense." But in the response to this shit, I've been really kind of like taken aback. Like seeing people like kind of argue like, you know, just like tra- like like going at Spike Cohen and being like, "Well, if you're more offended by this tweet than you are by the wars." Then you're a so you sellout, and you're like, but Spike isn't more offended by this tweet than he is by the wars. Sure. He's more offended by the wars. He just also thought this tweet was bad. Yeah, and then like, man, garbage. And yeah, and then like to watch people like you know like like Justin. I mean, I just couldn't. I I told him. I said it, he made it public, so I said it publicly too. I go, dude, I think this is fucking retarded. I think you're being stupid. You're fighting with Michael Malice about what that you called him out and he responded to you like that, like. It's like, oh yeah, let's let's that that's that's great. Now, so now I see Lydia from fucking the Booker for Tim Pool's show, who has booked me and Clint and Scott Horton, another, and Michael yeah. Heiss, and you know what I mean, Maj Touré and Eric July, and put all of our like biggest you know like people in front of a million listeners. Just giving them their over and over and over again, and now she tweets something, and I see my people like trashing her because she didn't like one tweet. Like, do you guys have any sense of like fucking? What are we trying to do here, man? This is so stupid. Like, I, I just, I, I just don't like. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of taken back and blown away. And it's like, no, like I've, I've expressed behind the scenes many times about things that I thought that New Hampshire was tweeting, where I'm like, this is. This is really counterproductive and stupid. It's not helping what we're trying to do. And if you want to like, kind of like, as, as I've seen so many do, conflate that with, oh, now you're, you're being a bitch, or you're like kind of like compromising on the message, as if it's the same thing to say, hey, I don't think we should oppose lockdowns, as it is to say, hey, I don't think we should say, send blacks back to Africa, You know what I mean? Like as if those are the same thing. It's like, no, there's a really stupid way to do radical messaging. And there's a really good way to do radical messaging. And it's good that we're not the bitches of the like former LP regime. But I don't know, dude. I'm just not seeing this as being an intelligent way to use our our platform. And it's certainly not, like, it doesn't make any sense to be alienating people who are, like, our most powerful allies. So, yeah, is there some hypocrisy between some people who, like... We're saying nice shit about the queen or whatever. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if that is actually hypocrisy. Maybe at some point they're just going, eh, a lot of people care about this, so let me be nice. That's not my style. I'm not going to do that. But I can certainly understand where people would have an issue with, with the New Hampshire tweets. I, I have one, one quick question. Please, by the way, before you say this, please someone give me pushback on this. So we yes. can argue because yeah, I yeah, see but- everyone online, like really like making an argument about this. So give me all the arguments that are happening so I can wreck them all. Re- Real okay, quick
0: before you go into Clint, I do want to say this is not the angle I was going clearly, but uh, maybe I did a, ba- a bad
2: job going to it, but you know, the, the band-aids. Well, this is off.
3: where we are now, Jose. <laughs> yeah, we are. You, guys you did know. this.
2: <laughs> I, I have, I have one, one significant, uh, empirical evidence point that I think demonstrates that maybe it's not the worst idea. Uh, First off, we are a decentralized movement. So I like having, you know, 50 uh, laboratories of innovation where we're all trying different things. That's one. Uh, But two, what other state affiliate account has had the type of press, the amount of press and the amount of attention that's been drawn to them as LPNH has had over the past 30 days? I, I would say that none have had anywhere close to the attention. Now, you could obviously. But counter- what measure
3: with is that, Clint? Some of it's negative. But what, what, what measure is that? That's a ridiculous measure. Okay. Well, if you're we trying should, to grow an we, audience, we, you need reach. Sure. Yeah. We should deny Sandy Hook and say that fucking the Holocaust never happened.
2: No, 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 no. That, not, well, no, no, no. Oh,
3: Clint, that'll get do you pressed. You press. think that's what they're doing? Cl- no, no, no. But I'm just saying, if your standard is what got press, so like okay, so come out tomorrow no, and no, say the, the holocaust never happened and sandy hook never happened okay, and the, we will get but, but, press. Except the, what's the problem? What's the problem with that? Is that both those things are wrong and that's not what we stand but for. That's the so point, the measure can't wrong. the measure There's can't no just be
0: There were so, with, with the LPNH thing, there was this we hate war criminals and we hate their fucking propagandists. Obviously I don't think it was directed at McCain because if you said a, can- a, a casket it would have been, you know, whatever. But I I think there is a point to that. I think there should be a social cost for advocating for wars. And I don't personally have an issue with that. Uh, uh, Okay, but
3: I'm just saying, okay, because now the goalposts are kind of moving here. I'm just saying that the measure of, we got press for this is not good. By the way, you know what's the most press the Libertarian party ever got? Was that fucking fat idiot stripping on stage. (laughs) We got covered in everything for that, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. But we looked like assholes for doing it, right? so the measure can't be oh we got press for this and if you're going to say there's truth in the point like yeah i mean there's truth in the point that we hate war but is that can you not kind of see that that's a little bit convoluted when you just tweet the picture of a daughter crying over her father's corpse that maybe the message there isn't like oh we're so humanitarian that we hate war the message might be kind of like it seems like you guys are kind of the like cold, awful, bad ones who have no feeling for what's going on here. Like, I'm not even saying you should have feelings for Meghan McCain crying for her father's death, but it's just like, I don't know, dude. Like think about how this comes off to every, like like, all, all I'm saying is my whole goal is to be able to reach a lot of normal people with this message and the, overwhelming vast majority of people who you reach with that message are going to go holy shit dude that just seems like evil and our message is supposed to be that war is evil but all that is all that's putting out there is that like you guys seem like the evil ones who are heartless i i don't know and then that's not even like you know to me i think it's way worse to have the fucking the the um the six million thing and all that i just think it's like really really bad first of all i'll say number one Uh, The fucking, to me, the six million joke has been run completely into the ground. Just like as a comedian, I just like, I'm like, I don't even get it. And I like, I don't even chuckle when I see these, these jokes uh, on Twitter anymore. And I'm like, if you want to do it on your personal account, fine. But look, I'm fucking, I'm me. Like, just to be clear, I don't give a fuck what the. Bitches who fucking tattletale and whine about us all day say fuck all of them And you you see me if you follow anything I do I go as hard at them as possible I'm the destroyer of those fucking bitches I'm the one who they fucking like think about all day of how to get they're trying to run Oppo research on or whatever. I don't fucking care and I say any joke I want to on legion of skanks because I don't fucking care about any of this shit, but it's like I don't know dude there's a fucking time and a place for this shit. And like, it's a little bit different to like, it's, it's a very different thing for like the Tower Power podcast to be making fucked up jokes. And for a blue check political party, Twitter, to be making like those jokes, it sends a different fucking message. It sends a message like, oh, are you really trying to say? that you don't think six million people in the Holocaust died? And like, why are you, why is that the message you're trying to send? And honestly, we libertarian, we got a whole lot of things that we're trying to say, and that's really not what we're trying to say. Like, I might, you know, I'm I'm the guy who's talked, I've talked to like a whole bunch of fucking racialists, you know, I've talked to a whole bunch of alt-right guys, and I'm fine to talk to them. I don't think anything should be like off limits. I think, hey, let's have a conversation and work this out. But our movement is not about that. It's not about that. That's not what we're here for. We're not here because we fucking like really think there's this Jewish like uh, conspiracy. We're not here because we think like uh, you know different ah. racial groups have different like you know what I mean like oh, oh go back to Africa this fucking retarded shit. That's not what our movement about. Our movement is about fucking being anti-war and anti-fed and anti-authoritarian and all that shit. So I don't I don't think this is good. And I know this is like. Now it's like created this thing where it's almost like a divide amongst our camp. But I feel like, you know, I'm watching like Angela, who's trying to, doing such a great fucking job and just trying to be like, hey, look, I gotta like kind of be like objective here and say, look, I understand why some people really have a problem with this. And then I'm watching people jump on her and be like, oh, you're a sellout. You're the same as Sarwalk or something. Like that's the same. It's the same as being like, we shouldn't oppose the lockdowns to saying like, uh, yeah, we shouldn't be tweeting six million jokes from official accounts. Like, come on, guys. This is fucking like, this is stupid. And at, at least like fucking recognize that this is, you know, I saw even Justin was saying the other day. He's like, first off, he's completely twisting what fucking happened. Where he's like, All right, well, well, hold, hold, hold on, I do well, let me just th- finish this one and then you go ahead. Okay, but he's fine. completely twisting what happened when he says like, oh, you guys are just worried about your donors. And so you want us to stop because of your fucking donor base or something. it's like, dude, listen, no one's saying that. What we're saying is that it's like, we're trying to create something big here. We're trying to raise millions of dollars over the next few years. We're trying to bring 100,000 people into this party in the next year. That's where our goals are. And this type of messaging is a death blow for trying to do any of that shit. So yeah, that's the point. Oh, sorry, go ahead, read.
1: Alright, so I do have to defend Justin just a little bit because that is what we were told. And I didn't want to get into the nitty-gritty of this. I didn't want to talk about the stuff that was private. So I wanted to call you and talk to you before we did the show. But I, I just gotta defend him on that. Like that is what he was told. So that is what he's reacting to, and he's not here, can't speak for himself. But as far as the uh the six million joke, we took that down like two days before it got traction and it actually went out before the McCain one went out and we took it down because we thought it missed the mark it wasn't conveying the message we thought we were going for you know there was Nina Turner that actually tweeted out like $25 hour minimum wage now and then Hannah Cox said a hundred or you're a racist so being New Hampshire we were just going for we weren't trying to insinuate that the Holocaust didn't happen or anything and I could see how you could extrapolate that but,
3: but you didn't even quote tweet that. You just I know. tweeted it. No No, no, no. Uh, His agree offense, that he told is. me
0: later, in private chats, he was like, we should have quote tweeted. So Yeah, no,
3: no. So that, that one we're <laughs> not. Deleted.
1: none of That's why it's gone. So no one in New Hampshire is arguing about that one. Like, we all agree that one was a fuck up. And uh, like a few months ago, there was one on Civil Rights Day that also got taken down because it didn't convey the message that we wanted. So, like, yeah, I mean, when we take a tweet down... <laughs> We're not going to defend it and say, yeah, this was good. That's why we took it down. So I just want that on the record that everyone on the comms team, everyone uh, you know, working for New Hampshire, even if people weren't offended by it, all of us are like, yeah, that one didn't work, and that's why it's gone. Um, the McCain one, I don't think we regret that one. Like, we I certainly understand where you're coming from, and I personally have said I was not surprised at all by how Justin Amash reacted to it, and I didn't care that's what i'd expect him to do and that's fine and that's who he is he is a respectability politics guy so it's like okay it's justin whatever and then same with spike i talked to spike on the phone uh like a couple days after when this thing blew up and he and i are totally cool and i was like yeah i totally get where you're coming from um (laughs) whatever so like we're really not trying to cause this divide and i feel like there might be miscommunication happening on both sides that like we're standing hundred percent by everything we did and we hate you guys or something. And that's just not true. We did backtrack on some of it because some of it was a misstep, uh, but we don't feel that way about all of it. I mean, as far as the press goes, the, I mean, we got a tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of press over the 6 million tweet. The McCain stuff was like a hundred fold uh, times the press that we got. And most of the articles we're talking about how we accused McCain of being a warmonger who made deals with terrorists and neo-Nazis. And I mean, and it it said like they wouldn't back down after they said this and they stood strong in their claims saying that we hate war criminals, blah, 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 whatever. So I, you know, yeah, you did have some negative blowback from it, but to say that the press didn't I mean, that we didn't garner any press that was a net, negative I, I don't think I mean a net positive No, I don't I' don't I'm think not I totally but, well, agree with that so to be
3: clear I'm not saying you didn't garner any press attention that's like obviously a fact no, no, you I garnered mean, good. press attention I think
1: so I think a lot of it was good especially in New Hampshire and this is the thing Clint's talking about like I mean and you and I have always disagreed on this a little bit I actually went back and watched the first video we did together and it was about you talk about me or Dave no uh, Dave um okay. I went back and watched the first video we did together and I I even thought this back then like why does the entire libertarian party and every section of it need to have the exact same messaging? Like, I feel like there is this push to like make every single party affiliate exactly the same and have like this Ron Paul 2.0 message. And I think like the national libertarian party definitely should have that message. And I think the national libertarian party messaging has been pretty good, but like when Texas says something that's kind of lame, I don't know. It's like, all right, whatever. That's Texas. Texas is fighting the Republican Party more than the Democrat Party in Texas, so they're going to have their lame way of doing whatever Mm -hmm. they do, and if people want to change that in Texas, that's fine. And then if New Hampshire, where the Libertarian Party, frankly, is more of a messaging tool, like, I voted in a Republican primary today because I wanted to vote for a Republican for Senate, even though I'm on Jeremy Kaufman's campaign. That's just the realisticality of how it works. Like, we could get we uh, most of the people in the state house in New Hampshire who are free staters are Republicans. Some of them are also members of the Libertarian Party, but they run as Republicans. And the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire is just there to shame them into being better. And uh, it's, right. so well, I don't know. Look, That's I mean,
3: I, no one's saying that every uh, all the state affiliates have to be the same. I mean, I don't know who's making that argument. I'm certainly not. But when Texas has their god awful messaging, that fucking sucks and it makes all of us look terrible. So I'm not saying like, oh, if they wanna be that way, that's okay, and when New Hampshire has their terrible messaging, it fucking sucks, and it makes all of us look terrible. And you know what, the truth is, dude, that it's like most people, what they actually see of that, the vast, vast, vast majority of people, what they see of that is they say, Libertarian Party, blue check, and there's the picture. They don't fucking read the entire article. They certainly, the vast majority of people, don't really go, oh, they were making a nuanced point about war or about any of this other stuff. It's a small, small fraction of the people who actually see that, who realize that. And like, read. if you wanna go back to our first conversation, our first conversation was all about, how, like, hey, look, there's like all these good libertarians And then there's a small sliver of like what you what do you call them bitch fuck cunts or whatever like you're like (laughs) fuck those guys But the rest of these people should all be kind of like on the same page that like we're fighting toward this same general goal And look at what the result of this has been It's just to fucking like divide everyone against each other and prove push anyone in the middle who is maybe willing to hear us out That we are the worst caricature of what the the like the the old like dishonest guard was claiming that we were and so so like no, I mean Okay. This is like bending over backward to justify just really bad messaging. And again, it's not. Look, dude, it's not. Ju- just to be clear, it's not that I'm saying any, in any way tone down the radicalism. What pissed me off about, uh, in many, in one of many ways, of what Justin was saying was he was going, oh, like National was telling us to back off of the McCains. But no one was ever saying back off of the McCains. Go as hard against the McCains as you want. The point was just that, like, showing a daughter hysterically crying over her father's corpse to most people evokes an image of, like, Jesus Christ, dude. Leave that alone, and then you could say, "Oh, we deleted all of these other tweets, so therefore they don't count," or something like that. No, 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 no. But whatever, they still you still tweeted them. Like, like, don't tweet shit like that. It's fuck. It's a goddamn nightmare. It's the worst thing you could do. It's the worst thing in the world you could fucking do. Literally, if you if you wanted to fucking destroy this movement, that would be a great strategy. A great strategy would be like, hey, let's make everyone think that were secretly fucking like basically we're neo-nazis you know and like i understand that's not what you meant by it i understand that i know that i know you don't mean that i know jeremy doesn't mean that i know all those guys don't mean that But that's what it comes off like to most people
1: okay so clarification between we fucked up and it doesn't matter none of us are saying it doesn't matter and that it doesn't have any negative effects we're just saying that we fucked up because a lot of people are acting like we're not saying that. So I'm not saying that it has no repercussions. Once you delete it, wasn't trying to make that argument. I'm just saying that we do realize that that is the case and we're not standing behind everything we've done. All right. Fair enough.
3: I just say like, man, to everyone, like at least have, I, I don't know, maybe other people are in this for like a different reason than I'm in this to some degree. But like the thing that just drives me crazy, man, is seeing like fucking like the people like going after our like allies. Like that I now, like I said before, like I got to watch like Lydia or like like these people getting like piled by my people on Twitter, like calling them all sellouts and making these fucking videos. You know, like even the things like, oh, let's shit on Spike Cohen and Justin Amash, dude, Spike Cohen and Justin Amash. And like I have I have obviously some disagreements with both of them. More with Justin Amash. Spike mm-hmm. is a genuinely just like, I think, great dude and, and a I friend agree. of mine. And I think probably most people who know him like uh, agree with this. Um, the, these guys fucking stood up for New Hampshire when the fucking party was stolen from them. They fucking stood up. And then to see that they come out and like criticize what, a, a completely reasonable criticism of some of these New Hampshire tweets, and then they're just getting fucking attacked for that. It's wrong, dude. And it's but wrong not, that like but... Angela's getting like like shit for this. Like you're putting her in a fucked up situation. And you know what, Reed? Like, honestly, dude, I'll just tell you this. A huge part of the reason why you guys have the New Hampshire Libertarian Party is because of what I did and what Michael Heist did. That's it. I'm not saying that's the whole thing. I'm not saying like, it's not a lot of other people did work too, but that's a big part of it. And, and like, we kind of like, you know, it's like, we, we did this with like a thing of like, Hey, we're going to be the Ron Paul caucus. It wasn't like we're going to be the 4chan caucus. That was the idea. Now, I'm not saying we're Ron Paul. We're a different generation. We're fucking, obviously, we're going to be fucking edgier and not, you know, as gentlemanly as he was and all this. It's a different fucking time and all of that. But that's what the the goal was to be with this. And what you guys have ended up doing is kind of like branding now the takeover as this is what the takeover was about. And I just think that it's like, Obviously, we have no authority over the people in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's like this is a decentralized movement. You guys can do what you want to, but I do wish that, like, you like at least those guys. You know, it's like, like again, I know I'm, I'm maybe I'm I'm picking on Justin a little bit because he was put like making all this shit public. I probably wouldn't have said anything publicly if he hadn't made all of this public, but he's like, oh, it's so fucked up that you guys tried to come in here and like throw your weight around. And it's like, dude, we had fucking private conversations with the people involved and tried to say like, hey, you know how we had this whole like movement that like got you guys this thing. So try to not fuck over what we're doing. That's all I'm saying.
0: I I, got to chime in. I, I, I think personally for me, obviously I'm not even a party member, but this is actually part of the reason probably why I'm not. I personally have the opinion the McCain thing was the best anti-war messaging I've seen from it. Because my personal opinion is I'm more concerned about quality than I am quantity. And don't you know, I love everyone here. Uh, you know, we can have disagreements. Uh, I, I would rather have a, you know, a torch in the sky of anyone who agrees with anyone who hates the state. Hey, this is what you fucking, this is, these are your people. And if you, you know, if you're meh, okay, well, maybe whatever. But if you kept bringing up most people, most people suck. Most people just follow. And so I think you know there is something to having bold messaging, even to this extent. I mean, don't get me wrong; I can agree with some of the, stuff, the examples you brought up are off. But for this one, personally, to me, this displays "fuck warmongers" and "fuck their propagandists" as well. And uh, that's me, my personal opinion. Let me
2: just say, if if you believe that most people suck and that most people follow, how many people are you going to get to follow you with that style of messaging? And and I think that you're not going to get a lot because most people are going to look at that and and as Dave has already made quite clear they're going to they're not going to dig deep they don't know that Megan McCain has propagated what her father has has pushed and and for the record i didn't have an issue with that particular tweet i didn't like the 6 million one i don't like 6 million jokes either I, as you can tell by by my twitter account i don't ever make jokes like that it's just i don't think they land and i think it's like the cost benefit is fucking way out of whack um, but i i do i do like the idea of denigrating the legacy of what we consider warmongers and in reality, are warmongers. Sorry, the lightning's going crazy. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a fine line. and And I obviously, based off of my own messaging style, I lean closer to Dave's camp. But at the same time, I do like the decentralized aspect of trying different things, seeing where the line is, and hopefully not going too far over it that you lose people. So I don't know. I'm torn.
3: Well, I mean, it's just like, okay, so it's it's not a matter of saying that like we shouldn't have bold messaging. It's just like, I don't know. It's like th- this already, I feel like you're getting into this kind of like false dichotomy of like, you're like, well, I think we should have bold messaging and hold up our flag for people to come over here. Cause most people like, obviously that's what I'm all about. That's literally what I do. So I'm not arguing with that. But at the same time, if I had bold messaging, that was like, I don't know, like, like if, if you know, if I were to just be like, hey, I fucking hate black people, end the wars. That's bold, you know? But it's also fucking stupid and doesn't like get across the message that we're trying to get across at all. So the point is that it's like, if if, if it's so easy to be misinterpreted, then there's so many people who maybe even would have responded to your flag. Like maybe even would have like been open to what you're saying. Like, look, you easily could have been like, like tweeted that picture and the message could have been like, this is very sad, but you know what? All of the millions of victims of McCain's wars, blah, 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 blah. Didn't have funerals like this. And so I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head, not constructing a tweet, but there could have been a message that was still really bold, but also wasn't just going happy holidays. Here's a girl crying over her dead dad's corpse, you know, or here's a go-. So I don't even know. I don't even understand how this is a fucking argument to be honest. Like, this is just like too insane to me, but okay, fine if that's well, what you, you think we should live. do if that's, if that's what you think we should do, then fine have fun with your fucking 16 people who really believe in fucking anarcho-capitalism with you, but fine, okay I guess you guys know how to fucking start a movement, so go go start it but this shit sure ain't it
0: alright, I want to remind everybody, I love you all
3: <laughs> I love everybody too but I'm just fucking right about this and you guys are wrong, so I don't well, know what we to disagree. say Yes, we do. And one of us is right and one of us is wrong.
0: Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, uh, But uh, anyone who brought Super Jets rehashing this, I'm sorry. I'm not bringing it up because I want to change the fucking dynamic here. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Let's focus on something we can uh, agree on. People who don't like Hop and how they were also all fucking the same people who were loving on the Queen. Uh, I find that dichotomy to be kind of
2: fucking Is Reed dead or frozen? I'm concerned. You
3: is know he what? pooping? I'm
0: just now noticing. That.
3: Reed, are you shitting yourself right now? I'm sorry. I
0: thought he was just. But by the serious. way,
3: you know, I fucking listen. But can I just say real quick before we move on? I'll be quick with this, I promise. But obviously, I love Reed, and I fucking Reed's my guy. I've done everything I can to fucking promote Reed. I love Jeremy Kaufman. I think the War Is Gay commercial was that was to me. The best awesome. piece, that was the best piece of like libertarian messaging, because it was so clear, right? It's like, it's so clear what the joke is. And if you're gonna use like like humor, that's the way to do it. It's like when he's like, I'm the chief diversity officer at Halliburton. It's like, you already get it. You get what the joke is. And the dishonest like bitches could say whatever they want to, but obviously the joke isn't ha ha, fuck gay people or fuck trans people. It's that, oh, this is the cloak that the evil regime uses to justify like like obviously the real tragedy is innocent civilians dying not whether there's trans people dropping the bombs on them or not it's just like that's it if you're going to go for it you got to at least make it clear what your point is what our point is libertarians have something different to offer and it's not just that we're the like we're the most fucked up ones who don't even care when you cry at your dad's funeral you know the truth dude the truth I know Megan McCain, okay? I've been on several panels with her. I disagree with her about everything. She refused to do shows with me anymore. She literally, she hates me. She hates my fucking guts. And I also kind of think she used her father's funeral as like a publicity stunt. Yes. But even when <laughs> I but even when I just look at that picture, I don't know. I think of like Fucking... Still,
2: it still elicits real. It's still, human it's still
3: like I don't know, dude. It's like our father's corpse in front of us. So anyway, that's all I'm saying. Reed, you missed the point where I was saying how much I loved you and loved Jeremy. Yeah, Altman. yeah, I'm sure. But he anyway, did not say that. I was. I was <laughs> shitting on you so hard. Uh, I go. I go. I regret ever. P- promoting, Reed. promoting no. Reed.
1: Look what it did for me. Yeah, no, no but um, I do.
3: But I do mean that I love all of you guys. And I think that when New Hampshire hits, they do really great. And that's why I've always tried to, like, kind of keep this shit kind of like, listen, this is what I think. This is where I think you guys are really hitting. This is where I think you're missing. But I also do, you know, whatever. I just feel like a lot of times when I've said this fucking shit, I've been. And this is not you Reed. this is way before you were even in New Hampshire. You were out. In yeah, I want to point that
1: out. Like it was uh, I'm uh, I-, I joined the. Uh, um, the social media for New Hampshire because I was obviously cut out for it and a lot of people think I make all the tweets now that's not true I don't make every tweet people get us confused (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) no I know that but a lot of times a lot of times before you were there so nothing to do with you but a lot of times I'd kind of like give my take like hey you guys shouldn't be doing it this way and it was kind of like that just I was just dismissed like oh no we know what we're doing up here in New Hampshire and that's fine but it also is like there's a little bit different like A wartime concierge is a little different than a fucking like, you know, like we fucking we were at war with the party. We took over the party and now our Uh job is a little bit different. It's a little bit different than it was uh, before. Anyway, I'm sorry, sure. Jose. Switch right, topics. Uh, switch can me. I you just make on. one? Oh, never mind.
0: oh, my God. God damn it, Reed. I, I no don't have
3: to. No, Reed needs
2: to, I think, for, for the no, so, you say, what you guys say
0: So I
1: mean, I speak on behalf of not just myself. Uh, you know, I, uh, the New Hampshire guys are great, and I'm glad Dave, you know, I, I know Dave thinks that, and I we love Dave, too. It's, uh, I love we, Dave. We love we all love Dave. each other. It's all kumbaya. <laughs> but uh, I think nine times out of ten, New Hampshire's tweets have done – uh, their purpose. Like, and I mean, for example, I, the I child, the child late, I mean, the controversial ones, not just like the normal ones. The the child labor tweet that caused all sorts of hell and got Gary Johnson to come out of the woodwork when he hadn't even commented on the lockdowns to come out and say, this is not yeah. what libertarian, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if I remember, like, a lot of our people didn't like that either. They were like, yeah, this is, I'm not so sure about this. That is law in New Hampshire now. Uh, a few months after that tweet went out, Um, The legislature passed a law that removed most regulations surrounding child labor for when you're under 18 or if you're going to work outside of school hours like they 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 got rid of a lot of laws and Sununu signed it. into
3: law. (laughs) Let me just ask you, and that one wasn't one I had a problem with, but was that related to the tweet?
1: I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying like in New Hampshire, things are different than they are in the rest of the country and the rest of the country. People might have been saying like, holy shit, you guys are going to kill every every opportunity we have to ever get this on the ballot. And, you know, now no one's going to listen to this messaging anymore in New Hampshire. Three months later, it became a law. And that tweet, when it went out last year it was a 10 on the Richter scale. I mean, you got everybody to come out and, you know, say what an awful thing it was. If we made that exact same tweet today, it would be a three or a four. So there, I think there is something to be said about shifting the Overton window. And yes, we have fucked up a couple times and, you know, we've admitted that we've fucked up, but I think like for the most part, the strategy is working in New Hampshire. You can say mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff that you can't say in the rest of the I, country. And
3: I, I, I Listen, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know about that. I didn't. I didn't fucking have a problem with that tweet, and I don't fucking know about like uh what connection that had to the laws actually being changed. But again, no, no, it's, it's not clear. the connection. But, but, it's
1: just, it's just the right. Well, idea if it didn't of, like, have a, what you're allowed to say, but then, but even if know. it didn't,
3: but that's what I mean by the connection. But I'm just saying, like, again, this isn't like a question of the Overton window. It's like I'm not saying like, oh, like you. Dude, I'm no less anti-war than fucking that New Hampshire tweet is. You know what I'm I saying? Know. Like, I I'm, there, there's no like, it's not like, oh, you've shifted the Overton window in terms of what actual views are like. Oh, now you can be really anti-war because of this tweet. The like, the, so it's just it's not a matter of saying like, oh, what the um like, you've moved the opinion over here or something like that. Any so more than you... fucking vermin supreme putting that dumb fucking boot on his head or that guy stripping on stage is shifting the Overton window. It's just a matter of like, do you want to do this? If you're talking about these ideas, do you want to do this in a way that seems like somewhat serious and professional? Okay, but and the guy might stripping respond? on
1: stage, I don't understand like what conversation he opened up. Now, if you say something like really like aimed at Meghan McCain or John McCain and their legacy and how despicable it is, it's nothing and compared to what we said and, and even though the message is just as strong and what your you know your view on war is no different like when spike cohen gets asked about the tweet and he says like john mccain is a despicable war criminal who's responsible for the deaths of millions of people that's an incredibly easy thing for him to say now because he doesn't have to be the one to broach the subject to be like well you know we really shouldn't be actually glorifying this guy because he's actually a real piece of shit instead now there's this huge opening where he could be like well you know i actually think that was a little uh you know tasteless but let's be clear this is who john mccain really is i think there's i don't know I, like that, I just so.
3: like look dude i just fucking completely disagree with that i think that the truth is mm-hmm. that normally spike cohen would would be able to say what he always would have said which is that john mccain is a despicable human being for his awful track record on war would have been and that able and to. that would have sounded like wow something really powerful to sound but instead now he's got to start by apologizing for how fucking like insensitive and shitty this fucking image was and then like kind of caveat it and now he sounds weaker because he's caveating it with like well john mccain was really bad but at the same time i'm not i don't really support like showing a like hysterical daughter over her father's corpse as a way to do it i just disagree that that's like moving the overton window and making him more safe now or something like that and and again i know you're like like you're acknowledging that those other tweets were misses but certainly like none of that other shit moves the overton window it's not like fucking like, oh, like making the six million jokes or fucking joking about like sending blacks back to yeah, Africa, well, we which I don't even that. understand. Yep. Like, none of that moves the Overton window. It's just right, like, but that's it's not just argument. It's so, right? I know, but I'm just saying these were things tweeted by the account. So yeah, it's just man. like, don't tweet those things. We
1: agree. That's like, kind of it. All right. Good. We, <laughs> we agree. agree so don't right, fucking...
0: yeah. Last super jet. sort of on the topic. We're fucking moving on. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, I agree the message behind the McCain tweet was, or I agree with the message behind the McCain tweet, but for fuck's sake, it was imprecise. You need context or a side by side with the victims' as policies or something additional. Before if everyone jumps in, I want to give my, I said last one, this dude gave a, oh. a, a decent super chat. So whatever, you know, I like money. Um, but fucking, um, I want to add my two cents real quick. And then if you guys want to battle it out, and then we can move on to talking about Hapa. I don't want him. to battle
3: with Reed anymore. I love Reed. I don't want Reed's to my guy.
0: I, I don't. It's like my my friends are fighting. And I don't like it. Uh, By the way, <laughs> I mean, I'm not fighting. I'm
1: just disagreeing. I don't. I don't okay. like. Yeah, I don't. No. There's no I mean, we can all disagree. I, I don't yeah. see any
0: reason why we can't disagree. But anyways, I wanted to point out because this is a point I kind of wanted to bring up. Personally, I mean, I'm not running movement. Maybe I'm wrong. I like a little bit of ambiguity, maybe not a lot, but a little bit, because I personally like the sifting mechanism that comes in place with good faith actors. Now, I do think there is something to be said. This is my quality, quantity thing. I do think there is something to be said with the imprecise nature of certain things to where you can sift through who are your enemies and who are your friends. Maybe not enemies, not by the right word, but who are your people and who are the people who aren't quite ready? And I, I, one, I think there's something to that.
2: I have one question for Dave on this because I, I obviously, I did an entire episode on, it called it McCain's legacy, but then I focused entirely on Megan and, and her track record as a talking head for propagating war. Um, I know obviously Michael Malice has, has made it basically his career on saying how the, the corporate news is the enemy of the people and and that we ought to be, you know, demonizing them as much as possible. Obviously Trump came to power doing exactly that. I'm curious if you think that we should be holding the feet to the fire of people that are just propagandists for war or if we should stick strictly to the poli- uh, politicians.
3: No, 100%. Go with the corporate press. Okay. I do it all day long. It's been a huge like part of my my show and everything. Yeah, go at them. Sorry, but I go. but I mean not
2: not just the the news talking heads but like the cuz she was on the view. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Her. It's all the okay, cathedral. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She's
3: completely right. fair game to go after. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Like go after her and fucking trash her and like destroy <laughs> her, make fun of her, make fun of all, all of her views. <coughs> look, look dude, I had a fucking entire fucking like I don't know, dude. If, if this is like uh, Look, I had an entire segment on fucking uh um Fucking, what's his name, who just got fired from CNN on uh, my, my Stelter. favorite, shelter, my favorite little pig, as I used to call him. And we just fucking wreck him the entire time and fucking endlessly ridicule and mock him. Some of my favorite. But, you episodes. know what? Like, but <laughs> if he was like at a funeral for a, f- a family member, <laughs> right, I wouldn't yeah. fucking post a picture of that from a blue <laughs> check official Libertarian Party account. Sure. You know? So is that like, that's all it's saying. It's like, because the truth is that we're like, we're like, trying to let people know mm-hmm. that we're the real humanitarians. And we're trying to like, let people know that like we actually stand for something and not that just we're, I don't know. That's yeah, like, this is just it. obvious to me. So I, I don't know, like even what to say, but yes, of course, ruthlessly mock the corporate press real quick. I want and, to point all, out lobby- and, and that includes the view and all of that.
0: I want sure. to point out a lot of people are giving malice shit about being friends with Meghan McCain. I want to say, I think there are two, if you have a personal relationship with someone who has awful views, I think it's different than if you're not someone who is related to them whatsoever and you're someone on social media that's doing something that's obviously for other people to view. Now, on Malice's level, I'm perfectly fine with him fucking, you know, one, not jumping on fucking to shit on her and also being friends with her because a lot of people are giving him shit for that. It's like there are people out there of awful views. Obviously, it's a little bit distinct because she's basically a war propagandist and the daughter of a fucking war criminal. You know, a little bit different. But even so, I think there is something to on a personal, you know, individual basis. Things are different depending on different contexts. So for that, I I think people are 100% wrong giving him shit for being friends with Meghan McCain. Because I actually think if you have a personal relationship with someone like that, you actually can make more inroads by being like that than by fucking just being a, a fucking cunt to them personally. Uh, especially not, doing
2: it publicly yeah, yeah it does, yeah. it would be totally counterproductive to probably what his end goal is so i i totally agree with that
3: yeah and and like i also yeah i think that's exactly right and i also think that like look it's true that um we're all obviously like as i know we're all gearing up for if if things go the way i like I'm saying, I want them to go, like what my goals are here is that like, (laughs) we're gonna create a really big movement here. We're gonna have like, you know, a hundred thousand new members to this party and we're gonna get, we're gonna garner like attention in a way that we've never garnered before. Obviously, believe me, I know what's coming. I know that we're gonna be taking like unbelievable, like fucking hit campaigns. But the point is that even if that's the case, then, that's almost like what makes it that much more important that we're as, as Patrice O'Neill said to me, I remember Patrice O'Neill the fucking best comic I've ever fucking seen. And I lucky enough to get to work with a little bit when I was young in my comedy career. And his advice was always like, look, always be righteous, be righteous. Whatever people come at you with, always be ready to defend yourself because you were right about it. And that's kind of the point. And I I will say this, that I think also, by the way, this is something just in general for this this camp. And I know all three of you guys are like kind of in this camp that it's like, look, I'll defend forever any joke you guys make on Tower Power Hour. Like, I'll fucking defend that to the death. And no matter how fucked up the joke is, if someone goes like, well, this joke is really so horrible. You're like, yeah, that's the show that's what you're tuning in for they're going to try to make the most fucked up joke that's the whole idea of the show that's what legion of skanks is right it's like that, that we're going to try yeah, to joke we, about we the ripped most... it off from you come on yeah yes and that's why i will defend it <laughs> um, but like but that's the point right it's like you you go look if you're tuning into this you're tuning into it because it's the fucking, like wildly offensive joke show yeah. but like but that's different like uh, this is like pretty obvious nuance to me, but like that's different than fucking like a, a fucking blue checkmark, you know, LP account making that joke and then being like, well, it doesn't come off so clear to anybody that this is a joke. Yeah. It doesn't let come me, off so clear that like, like, why is this like, let you me, know, and like, so we just want to be righteous. We want to like be like, look, they're going to come at us with a lot of heat. And when they do come at us with that heat, we want to be able to be on the strongest ground to be like, no, 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 you guys are full of shit. We can flip this around on you. Oh, you're offended because we make jokes on comedy podcasts like screw you. You're the, but that that's a very different thing than if if there's a certain type of messaging being sent out from our political avenues you know right Dude, well you let, you're let still me just talk
0: hard and tower power now let me let me let, <laughs> me,
3: let me tie let me tie a bow
2: on this this is basically the exact thing that you opened with is that alex jones he gets credit for what he gets right but you have to not be sloppy and if you <coughs> get something wrong you have to you have to call it out and and don't make the the job of getting us taken down easier is i think kind of what yeah what you're saying and and i have to agree with that i think that it's it's not a good idea to give them especially when the ammunition is about like like the holocaust shit i just think it's like there's no there's no value to that at all like the this is why i don't have an issue with the megan mccain one because i think that there is some value because i had really good conversations about it but that's we can disagree on yeah, that it's, it's I'm just better saying, some, i mean yeah. some of the other ones though it's like <laughs> it's like i don't see any upside i just see all down so <clears throat> that's kind of my my perspective on it anyways i know we beat it to death i'm sorry i just had to all right
0: well you mentioned holocaust so that makes it well kind of ho- <clears throat> that transition.
1: oh
2: god oh god
0: damn it reed what now <laughs> okay what, i just reed? wanted
1: to say n- nobody in new hampshire disagrees with what clint just said like we don't we're not not trying to you know shake off the blame for where we missed uh but we also think there's credit where we hit so I don't. i don't think anyone disagrees with that from new hampshire well, you well if you guys agree with me, then
2: then you're you're doing you're doing all right. Good job.
0: All right. Anyways, uh, we brought up the Holocaust. And I've noticed uh, there's <laughs> here we load. go. All here right. we fucking all right. Go. Six million? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, <Jesus laughs> but anyways, no, uh, for real though. Um, six million? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, recently, I've noticed a lot of shit being thrown, especially Dave and multiple other people's way of like, oh, you're friendly to Holocaust deniers or fucking anti-Semitic this or that, and which obviously is extremely ironic when it's being directed at a Jew. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to take a moment uh, to break it down a little bit logically because I think, for one, I think on its face, yes, don't get me wrong, there are legit anti-Semites and there are legit people who say the Holocaust did not happen. Those are rare as fuck. And I think so, many, so often there are people who are, are not that, that are accused of it. And I think it's a little ridiculous. I mean, if you have a Nazi who's saying he thinks that the number was off or didn't happen at all, it's like, and he's genuine, it's like, well, I guess that's kind of a better Nazi since he's saying we shouldn't kill Jews. I mean, maybe uh, like uh, there's a point to be had there. I think the whole anti Semitism, Holocaust denier, accusation bullshit is just silly and I kind of want to get you guys thoughts on it because uh, it, it, it's just the most hacky bullshit that the, the regime comes out with in my opinion Well,
3: did, wasn't it it was a uh, Christopher Cantwell who said uh, um in uh, Michael Malice's book he said uh, he goes I have noticed you know Malice like grilled him and asked him if he thinks the holocaust happened and he goes well I ha-, and this is like a legit you know neo-nazi fucking guy and he was like uh he goes I have noticed that everyone who denies the holocaust also wishes it happened again and there's a coincidence there you know so i don't um like I, i i agree that like look the holocaust fucking happened i think that there's no real like all of our brilliant intellectuals in our intellectual tradition not one of them ever took the position That this fucking Holocaust, there's really something there. And these guys, I mean, I'm talking about like fucking Rothbard and fucking Hoppe and all the guys at the Mises Institute and all of them. Like these fucking really brilliant guys who really were willing to tell you the most unpopular thing about history. That fucking, oh, this is the propaganda. It didn't really happen that way. They'll tell you about the Gulf of Tompkins. They'll tell you about like all this fucking shit. Not a one of them ever said, hey, I don't think these numbers add up with the Holocaust, right? So there's really like almost no, Tri- like there's no intellectual tradition in our movement who are actually telling you we think there's anything less than what happened here. There are some people who really looked into it. I think Sheldon Richman looked into it and, and concluded that like fucking like like really looked like, oh, this David Urban guy is saying this shit. Let's really take an honest look at it. Concluded it was over six million people uh, who, who died in it. And there's there's other people who have made estimates that they're all come right around that number. So I don't think it's like a. The the forever whoever the people are who are like flirting with that shit, I don't actually think there's anything there. That being said, yes, it is fucking bizarre that like it's this one topic that's completely off limits that's like made radioactive, and that's kind of silly. But the reason for that is kind of obvious. It's because it's the whole justification of the entire American Empire. And it's the post hoc justification it's not even the reason we fought world war ii it's just after world war ii after you had the the worst mass murder campaign in the history of the world there had to be kind of like some reason why this will forever be totally justified and so what actually did happen to my family as well as many other people is used as the justification for why you must never completely question whether America should have a like heavily interventionist foreign policy and all that shit. So there's um you know there's just like a lot of like fucking nuance to that point. It's yeah. a great thing to talk about on podcasts. It's a great thing to probably write a book about. Probably not the best thing t- to tweet about if you're like a high profile fucking you know libertarian. Stop Again, it, Dave. We're moving away from that. No, 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 but look, I'm saying nothing against New Hampshire. Even with that, I so look, I felt the same way about the the libertarian party's tweet about uh, McCarthy. You know, it's like this is a great topic for a chapter in a book because yeah. it's like you're right, <clears throat> and there's a lot of nuance to this, and there's a really interesting point to make there. But just in a tweet. It's probably not going to get across. So anyway, I more or less, like, that's my thought on it. I also do kind of agree with you where I said, you know, I've I've made this point before where I go, it's kind of funny that the idea of, like, denying a genocide from 70 years ago is somehow worse than supporting a genocide happening right now in real time. Like, one that you know is really happening, you know, versus claiming one that happened didn't happen in the past. So there's a lot of, you know, there's just, like, a lot of, like, fucking – interesting shit to go down in in that yeah there's so much
0: nuance to the holocaust too in the aspect of i know a lot of it you could almost make the case in some regards something wrong hitler sucked germany you know the fucking nazis were bad but you know the fucking wartime conditions we put them in in a lot of ways did antagonize some of the stuff that happened they were trying to give them away i'm not saying it was okay i feel like it's gay i even have to caveat this shit like at all but there is so much nuance to this discussion that doesn't get discussed because of the fact that it's so much like this taboo thing that if you can even bring it up whatsoever, and this is why we have people who are like, "Oh, it was only one million, or it didn't happen at all," because there's no discussion that's allowed to be had, whatso fucking ever. Because yeah, it's a post hoc rationalization for us entering the bloodiest war we've ever been in, that enabled some of the worst fucking people after it to do fucking horrendous shit. Like, look at USSR; it's fucking ridiculous.
2: Well, let let me just say, I I agree with everything Dave just said, actually. The only thing I I would add is that I don't like anything that gets to a point of like third rail, so taboo, I can't even consider or question or anything like that. That's the only reason that I have any interest in the topic at all, to be honest, is because I'm told I cannot fucking talk about this i I cannot look into it no 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 like (laughs) that shit that shit drives me nuts and and when i'm told that like same same thing happened with the origin story of covid or or treatment for it like those are the things for an entire year we weren't allowed to talk about it even though we were fucking right so and i'm not i'm not saying that we're right about anything we've everyone caveat everything (laughs) Uh, no but, but uh that's the that's the only thing that that i will say about it is like that I I like to be able to talk about anything, so I'm going to. And number two, I don't find the subject matter interesting enough or important enough to my current situation that I'm going to spend basically any time on it at all. Like, we have so much fucking crazy shit that's happening right now. It it bewilders me as to why some people that are also in the anti-war camp are, like, obsessed with this topic. It just, I don't, it doesn't seem to connect like i'm I'm missing
3: the yeah it's not um you know it's like i i can kind of understand if i'm trying to be like as generous as possible where there'd be some people if you were like in the anti-war camp where i suppose you could say like well if this isn't true sure then the entire justification kind of falls apart and oh my god what a propaganda campaign you're never going to convince people of that or even if it's
0: inflated it's the the, idea that they hold up. the problem
3: the problem just is that it isn't yeah. And so that like you end up like now you're you're back in the realm of just like kind of trying to like invent a better, you know, like argument for what you have than what like Dick Cheney really was there and took down the towers or something rather than it just being. The argument that it is, that like, okay, yeah, well, probably, looked, that probably looked the other <laughs> way on, well, <laughs> rather than it being like, probably looked the other way as some Saudi friends of his, you know what I mean? were are like involved in this shit and got them out of the country. Like, well, I know that's not quite as sexy as like what the fucking, like, like the hardcore truth or people would have said, but like that is just the reality. And the truth is that even amongst like the fucking hardcore neo-reactionary, right? It's kind of the dumb person thing. To really like question whether the Holocaust happened, like even like Menchus Molebug was like rolling his eyes at the people who deny the Holocaust, and he's like, ah, you guys are fucking retarded. Like you yeah. don't know anything about history if you think this didn't actually happen. Now to your point, Jose, and it's a really good book that I highly recommend everyone read is Pat Buchanan's. Uh, Churchill Hitler and the unnecessary war is that yeah there's a really strong argument to say like look Hitler only went genocidal not only after the war started but after it became clear he was losing the war and so it is not at all clear that short of that war the holocaust would have ever happened and so that does really flip everything on its head where it's like oh it's not even like oh first off it's it's just not the case that we fought the war to end the holocaust and in fact Us fighting the war might have, you know, in many ways, maybe the Holocaust could have been prevented had we not fought the war. And so there's there's a lot of like interesting points in there.
2: Let me let me just add to my prior point in saying that the, the primary reason I think that it's it's fruitless to do so is that we have so much misinformation and disinformation that we're dealing with in the past two and a half years that I'm like, like, I have all the all the work I could possibly handle just trying to correct these narratives that are happening in real time. And we're being propagandized to believe complete falsehoods. It's like, am I going to really spend the time and energy to try and convince someone that something that happened 75 years ago is now completely the inverse yeah. or whatever the fuck, you know, it's well, like, this is and the,
3: the thing that I got shit for the, that you alluded to, Jose. I got shit for the other day for saying on Twitter, which like, I mean, you know, I guess with all these things, I guess I could have said it in a fucking better way, but like, fuck that guy. Uh, Because he fucking he lured me into it, too. I fucking hate people like that who, like, ask you questions about controversial areas. And then as soon as you answer it, like, honestly, they don't even have an argument against you. They just go, I can't believe you said that or whatever, because it was specifically a reply tweet to him. Because Hoppe said that there was this narrative constructed that good defeated evil in in World War Two. And my point was that it's like, look, this is the reality is that. All of the fucking propaganda about how evil the Nazis are is really that true like the Nazis really were that evil There's not really anything added to that the bullshit is about how the side that opposed them was good Right, and so I went like Mm -hmm. I got no what hop is saying here is that the narrative is good Defeated evil and I preface I, I said the first line of the sentence I said the Nazis were unthinkably evil, but you're talking about the British Empire and the Soviet Union, you know? For God's sakes, like the, you want to like go through like the fucking body counts that they had also. So that's the point. Dresden, Hiroshima, well,
0: Nagasaki, yeah. fucking firebombing of Tokyo, right, like, like,
3: and and then it's like, um, and and then he's like, "Wow, you're equivocating between the Nazis and these other people." It's like, yeah, it's fuck you, suck a dick. Like, you don't actually have an argument. It's kind of like, it's yes, like fucking, I am.
0: We did fucking well, awful shit.
3: <laughs> well, like, I'm not even, like, equivocating. I don't know. It's like, I no, I don't think as fucked up as some of the shit the British Empire did. No, yeah. I'm not, like, saying that. No, I don't think they were on the same level equal, of evil as the Nazis. But the idea would up. be, like, oh, my but, God,
0: you're equivocating. It's, like, we did awful awesome right. shit. What the fuck but the about? Soviet
3: Union and the Nazis, yeah. I mean, like, Jesus. Oh,
0: and We ah, put them in a favorable is, position. What, what By the, the US way, I to would, Japan. I, I mean, would, true. I
3: would say still. And this is honestly my, my. This is a god's honest opinion. I would say all of that shit considered. If I had to pick the most evil regime, it would be the Nazis still. And I still, and and if I had to say, oh, ultimately, it was better that they lost the fucking war because goddamn, they did so much evil in such a short period of time and it wasn't even like the same it's a different level of evil like there's something about like even forced starvations are a little bit different than fucking throwing children in fucking gas chambers like there's just a <coughs> difference there and to do it in a few years who knows what they would have fucking done if they had actually like won that war but the point though. is that no. it's like it's still not good defeating evil it's like whole. Holy shit the most evil regimes that ever rose up all went to war with each other and I guess the most evil one lost but anyway so that's kind of like the point that's interesting there it's like no the Nazis were every bit as evil as they are and this is also part of the reason why this is uh like this is what they cling to as their justifying narrative because this is one that really works. You know what I mean? Like it really in the same way that like fucking what do the progressives cling to about like the the narrative of racism in America? They cling to like slavery and Jim Crow because those things really were that fucking bad. Like it really is, you know, so it's like it's hard to argue against that. Now, it doesn't make any sense to fucking blame everyone living today for that or to act like that is current America. But. There is truth to the evil of all of that, and it's the same thing with the Nazis. Like the Nazis were that fucking evil, but goddamn, how much more people are aware of how evil the Nazis were in like like regular Americans than they are about the Soviet Union? The ratio is way off. Like yeah. it's way off. Apparently. And how much
0: worse did we make it by our involvement in general? I think you know. Oh yeah, for question. sure. Yeah, so. Uh well I don't know, you guys have anything to add. We're at over two hours. Uh, I feel like we're at a good spot. We've uh, we've we've laughed, we've cried, we've we've we fought, we've uh, we've loved. Read read
2: pooped. Right. I mean this is yeah.
0: <laughs> read pooped. <laughs>
1: Only once was impressed, but <laughs>
3: I was like I really never thought I'd be on a podcast where Reed would take a shit in the middle and then we'd start fighting about tweets but uh afterward. Well, here but here we are. I, lo- I love you, Reed, and I love all the fucking New Hampshire guys. I just fucking uh whatever. I hope we, we can all fucking it's Yeah, fine. we can yeah. we can disagree and we can all fucking, you know, try to hear what the other people th- think I honestly
2: I like as as tumultuous as this past couple of weeks have been I think that there will be value, like if we want to, there can be value from these discussions because I think that, as you've already pointed out, it's going to get really fucking intense over the next two years. So I think that it's important that we have this conversation and this debate now so that hopefully we can stop with the missteps and we can actually... Uh, you know, be in alignment moving forward. So Dude, I hope that's I, what comes from it. I
0: Agreed. cannot wait till they find a Legion of Skank shit. I'm going to be fucking like a pig and shit it's, on Twitter when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it is
3: shocking that it's taken this long. I, just, I'm like, so amazed. I think there's some people who are fucking sitting on it. Like fucking so, someone said. the
1: October me, surprise. <laughs>
3: Well, right. Someone said to me the other day on Twitter. I I don't know if you guys saw, but I was shitting on something. It's Archie Part Two. Some other yes, guy's uh, building, dude, building a case against me, and he goes, "I've been doing uh, what, what did oppo? o- opposition oppo research. research? I've been yeah. doing oppo research on you." And I go, "You mean you've been listening to my podcast that I put out publicly? <laughs> like that's I mean, the research? That's Googled what you're me? saying? Like you've dug deep?" <laughs> To go to, what, my Twitter bio and then see the links that I have up there? Like, it's so fucking bizarre. They try to you know claim it's times- like we have secret information.
2: Do you know how many times Dave Smith has said you want to stick a fist up your ass you got lube? I've heard it at the end of every single episode. It's yeah. unbelievable. I, I'm so excited for the Dave Smith nigger reel. It's going to be
0: fucking glorious.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> oh, will. Right, uh, well, but, you know, but, like, that's fucking, like I said before, the thing that almost, like, look. If I were to go on Kennedy or I were to go like when, uh, you know, um, I don't know, Glenn Beck show or something like that, and I were to do Legion of Skank shit on there, (laughs) that'd be completely indefensible, right? And that'd be it did, for me kind of if for I, me. I but if I did that like but yeah dude in the same sense that it's like if fucking if all of us go out to a bar we're gonna talk a little bit different than we would at our fucking wife's Thanksgiving dinner table course, I, I don't you know. know it's just like that's a so it's like but the fact is that the the thing that makes it completely easy to defend is that it's like oh yes and where did I say this on a comedy podcast labeled the most offensive podcast in the world right like, if you tune into this, this is what you're here for. So what? What are you bitches talking about? Like, okay, <laughs> that makes it easy to dismiss, and, like, and that makes sense. And the other thing I would just say is that, like, uh, for, for anyone who, like, listens to my fucking shit, no one, and I know all you guys fucking have listened to a decent amount of my shit, no one has any question about when I'm joking and when I'm being serious. No one has any question about, like, wait, was that a joke, or did you actually mean that? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I fucking my political views are and you know what I think is fucking hilarious. And like that's I also think that's a really important element to all of this shit, not because fucking CNN is going to treat us fairly, but because the people who we can fucking reach will get it, you know? And so like that's what I want all of us to fucking keep our like like kind of focused on is that it's like that's like what we're really in this for. Yeah, and I hope we're all the, together the lighthouse in, that. in the distance. The point is that we want to fucking wake up as many people as we can. And so like that's the fucking the that's the goal. That's the thing to always keep in mind.
0: Yeah. All right. A couple Breach. more super chats. We'll get out of here. Final thought. Today's YouTubers are tomorrow's DROs. I don't remember what, know what the fuck a DRO is, but it sounds familiar. I'm sorry. No clue. Uh, anyone else? I'm a there know what it is? Sorry. No. Nope. Nice show mm. as always fellas from JC. Frequent guy in my chat. I appreciate it. All right, I think it's the last one. Let me look to the bottom. Yep, that's the last one. If you want to squeeze in before Follow we do me plugs. on
2: Twitter at yep. Liberty Locked Pod And uh, Alex Jones is rescheduled for next week. So hang in there. There we go. It's, it's yeah. coming. God, I can't wait. I'm it's just letting so you guys know awesome. Clint
0: is lying to you guys. He's going to keep in this rescheduling game. It's not happening. It's, <laughs> it's like weird, me with
2: you know? Tulsi
1: Gabbard. You know, like it's just never actually going to happen. Oh, yeah, oh, what no, the no, fuck no, no.
3: happened with that? Wasn't she supposed to come on?
1: Yeah, like a year and a half ago? Yeah, let me a cool, 6 so million tweet.
3: Awful, and, and awful 9-11 tweet she had, huh? Did you guys see yeah, that? Yeah, she makes she worse tweets
1: done, yeah. than LP New Hampshire does. You got to give us that, Dave. Oh, God. I, she's hot. Read, so
3: makes up for it. I 100% agree with you on that. This is where we come together and rekindle <laughs> our friendship. That is worse than anything uh, New Hampshire. No, listen. I, I will say also, by the way, fucking all that, uh, just so it's clear here. Even old LP National tweets where they were like, look, like we're, we're against the mandates, but you really should stay home and wear a mask and still all this. Better. That shit that shit was way fucking worse than anything yep. fucking New Hampshire's ever oh, told. So well, so yeah, that's yeah. still yeah. better than what Tulsi said, yeah. though. Yes, better than Tulsi. <laughs> worse than worse New than Hampshire. Than LPH. <laughs> Everybody don't go
2: check it. out uh, Daniel McAdams' episode today. was great. Yep. And uh, I also have Adam Krigler on tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. The lineup's ridiculous. So hop on board, Liberty Lockdown. Read. It's also lying about uh,
0: the Adam Crigler thing. is gonna ghost him again. So. I don't have a Man,
2: reputation
0: for getting banned off everything,
1: but I'm only banned off Twitter. So you can follow me everywhere else. Read Coverdale. My show is Naturalist Capitalist. So YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, and now on
3: Rumble. So go check those out.
0: All right, Dave. I know everyone knows who you are, but you know, for the sake of you know how this normally works, drop your plugs, please.
3: Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm uh I'm going out to uh St. Louis tomorrow to go do Andy Frisella. Uh, his podcast, which I don't know if you guys know him, but he's like a big fucking uh, like he's he's a real rich fucking workout dude fucking business guy stuff. And he's real oh, into cool. what we're uh, what we're doing. So I'm going to fucking Love go it, out there and uh, talk. Yeah, talk to him. So that should be interesting. And I got is a that, bunch of is that show is that show in Austin already sold out? It's, uh, I, you know, I don't know. You have to go check the links, but yeah, d- uh, tw- on the 25th, one night only in Austin, Texas, comic, Dave my, my ticket links are up there, but, uh, there's, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's not, Probably. it's going to be sold out soon. So go yeah. fucking get tickets. What's now. the
0: name of that dude's podcast?
3: Uh, I think it... it's the real AF. Like real as fuck, mm. I think is the is the podcast. Is the real that's bro gonna be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. But it's but he's he's cool, man. He's real into what we're fucking okay. doing. And yeah, uh, yeah. I got a bunch. I got some cool shit coming up this month. So I'll just say that. Stay yeah, you, stay tuned. You killed for on Tim by the way. So by the oh, way, thank you. That was Tim. fucking. That was an interesting one. I didn't expect it to go uh, the way it did. And yeah, I got I'm, more. Uh, I, the, the, it's, of all the times I've been on that show, that was the most like fucking like uh, pissed off I've made his audience. But I think it was uh, I think it was good that I. Did I'm that. really
0: surprised LP stuff didn't come up. I was like, because I, I don't know if you saw my tweet. I was like, here's his Ron Paul moment. Because don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you would back up everything he said, but and or be shitty to, to to them. But I was like, I feel like he could frame this in a way that would really uh, be like a mic drop moment. So let,
2: let me just say that. The first, I, I I messaged you about when I was halfway through. I said this is the first the the first hour of you on Timcast was the best I have ever seen any of your performance. The second hour may have been better. It was so fucking good, dude. And oh, I, thank and you, I've, brother. I've obviously yes, seen it. you on like everything ever, but uh, all of your Rogan appearances. I think that two hour period was just like. Fireworks well, thank you. I
3: appreciate that and me and Reed were texting uh, on the phone the other day I know despite what people from this show might think we really love each other and uh, we were texting (laughs) on the phone the other day and Reed said something that really like uh, Stuck like stuck with me that I think he's right and in fact I was talking to uh, Scott Horton on the phone about this earlier today And I was like, you know Reed said this and I think he might be right about this Where it was like You know you're like the real the next like Ron Paul Giuliani moment might actually really have to be fucking like this type shit and like calling out the right wing on being China hawks or calling out the right wing on like their Trump support and this shit because it's like, in a way it's like it's so easy now to like call out all the like the woke insanity and the progressive yeah. like nonsense and and that's good but like it, it, at a certain point you feel like oh i'm just getting kind of like pats on the back for doing this and right. it's not really separating us but the thing is like if we're really calling out all that woke shit and the insane progressive shit but then also turning around and going like yeah and you guys are fucking crazy to be like what are you this dumb you're falling right into the china hawk shit after everything we've been through in the last 20 years like that kind of might be what like our movement has to be to kind of separate us from that. Like, yeah, yeah, we're against the progressives, we're against the woke shit, but you know what? We're also not Trump supporters, and we're also not falling for any of this China hawk yeah. bullshit. This the insanity of like there's like China's gonna take over the world, and that's why that's why we need the military industrial complex. Like, wow, of all the excuses for it, <laughs> this one is like gotta be the weakest and dumbest. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was
2: Your the reaction, reaction to that was priceless. That yeah, was Russia
1: that taking point. over the world is like a little bit more feasible than China taking over the <laughs> world at this point. Yeah, that, that's the crux yeah. of my
0: point was that like, and I'm not even saying you need to be shitty to anyone. Like a lot of people don't realize Ron Paul wasn't being shitty in any way, shape or form in that moment. He was just speaking truth. And that's all it was. That was enough for people like, what the fuck? And oh, so can I add something to this too? God damn it. I'm I'm
3: sorry.
1: I was <laughs> shitting half the show. So That is um, true.
3: You if, get to make up your shit time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get to go.
1: um i I just do want to say this someone who has like nothing but respect for ron paul met him a few times had him on my show um what he told me when i was on his show was i asked him basically like what can we in the next generation do to further our cause something along those lines and he just told me you have to do whatever it is you can do so i'm all about like you know, looking to Ron Paul as a North star and, you know, treating him as the great man that he is. But I feel like some people think we all need to be like Ron Paul. And I'm not saying you're saying this, Dave, but there is this sentiment like with the new wave of the libertarian party, we all need to be Ron Paul. I think we need Jeremy Kaufman's. I think we need Jose Gallison's. We need Clint Russell's and we need Dave Smith's and we're just not Ron Paul. We can't all be Ron Paul, Ron Paul, is a baby doctor who served in Congress for 20 years and went to Vietnam. That's just not who we all are. So that's not to take anything away from him or his legacy. I just think a lot of us are lying to ourselves if we say we want to be Ron Paul again. And be I know that that might yeah. sound might sound controversial, but um and I've played into that too like,
2: in the past. Well, but I, I, I want to be Ron super... Paul, I just can't. So I'm well, try yeah, but and do i the mean. the best version of myself.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I get what you're saying. I also think, like, I saw someone the other day on Twitter who was saying, like, um, uh, there was something like they were like shitting on the Mises Caucus and being like, oh, like, well, you guys say Ron Paul's your hero, but then you guys are being all like abrasive and shit like this. And he was never, you know, like that. And I did my first thought was to go like, yeah. And you know what happened to Ron Paul? You called him all the names that you call the Mises Caucus. Yeah. You know, and so I think there's something to that. That it's almost like even when he was doing his thing, you still called him a fucking racist yeah, because he's one perfect. time <laughs> on a newsletter that like that he didn't even fucking write someone made like a mildly offensive comment about something because fucking Jeffrey Tucker wrote it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> and oh, and no one even like calls that guy out. That guy completely just floats in like respectable circles. Was right? it Jeffrey Tucker until, that wrote it? Yeah, yes, 100%. until until he was good on COVID, and then they kicked him out of those respectable uh, wow, circles for actually being no decent idea. on something. Um, but regardless of that, it's like, yeah, I mean, I get your point, but at the same time, it's like, just because you can never, like, kind of, like, achieve. We're not going to be exactly like him. We can still fucking learn a lot from his lesson. Yeah, and the I totally there, agree. And, and the lesson there is that it's, like, it's not... Like, being the most radical doesn't mean being the most fucking, like, it doesn't mean being the biggest dick in the room. Mm -hmm. It actually means, like, now, obviously, look at me. Do you think I'm ever going to be Ron Paul? Like, no, I'm on the fucking Legion of Skanks. I'm a shit-talking New York comedian. But at the same time, the thing about me that fucking, like, is the reason why I'm, like, kind of the best at getting people to consider this libertarian shit right now is not because I fucking, I, like say the edgiest jokes in Legion of Skanks is because when I make a point about this libertarian shit, people go, fuck, that's like the best point about this libertarian shit. And that's kind of like, that was how that was the whole like kind of promise about doing this whole libertarian takeover shit. That was how I like recruited all these people to do this. It wasn't like on some like, we're gonna do Legion of Skanks shit. It was like, we're gonna do part of the problem shit. And part of the problem shit is not Ron Paul shit. I'm even saying shit too much for it to be Ron Paul shit. You know what I mean? But it's like, but it still kind of is. It's like our generation doing Ron Paul shit. So that's like, I don't, I don't completely disagree with what you're saying, Reed, but I think like we got to find a way to do it the right way you know yes so let's not
0: forget ron paul did call a guy fat on fucking uh, on <laughs> pretty great. Pretty but pretty great. i do think there's a point to be had we talked on father figures earlier and the lessons we learned from them i don't think any of us took the lesson that we should do exactly what that father figure did but we tried our best to discern what the best lessons were to learn from each different positive male role model in our lives and i think that's a, a good way to go about it uh you know, not to look at any individual as this objective metric of what you need to be, and to remember to be yourself, but to try to take lessons from people you see positive things from. Uh, any any other uh, plugs from you, Dave? Before we roll out,
3: that's it. You guys know where to find me.
0: All right, and uh, this is the No Way Jose podcast. You can find me on YouTube, all the major auto podcatchers, Odyssey as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Senor Jose 2020 uh and that's it like share subscribe all that gay shit and with that we are out i appreciate all your time appreciate you dave uh i know it's got a little heated but we all love each other and uh this is this was dope
2: hugs and kisses motherfuckers we're out all right